Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Talk Recorded live. Hey guys, it's uh, Ross and Chris again with another episode of Super Theism. And uh, I kind of wanted to start out this call by discussing something that Ross actually pointed me to a while back about the supposed failed Bible prophecy of the destruction of Tyre. Is that correct, Ross? Yeah. So supposedly there's this internet page that you'll find. I think it's on Rational Wiki, I believe. Yeah, it's uh, it's a popular atheist kind of a... Lock the Bible site. Yeah. So these are pretty uh, organized. Yeah, dude, your audio is, like, real bad. Um, I can barely hear you. I don't need to talk. Keep talking. Okay. Well, yeah, it's kind of a... I'm trying to think of the word. Kind of a... Um, you know, it's kind of like Wikipedia. You know, it's a like an atheist version. And they have this page that's basically called Failed Bible Prophecies, where they have this whole list. And one of them has to do with the destruction of Tyre and how it's supposed that prophecy supposedly didn't come true. You know, they say, you know, there's modern-day Tyre still around that still exists and all this stuff. And uh, so I just wanted to read. I actually literally just read that passage today, and that's why you know, this kind of sparked me to this. Um In Ezekiel, Ezekiel 27. So I'll just read a little bit of it, starting at verse 27. It says, so it's talking about, you know, the city of Tyre. It says, your wealth and your wares, your merchandise, your mariners and your sailors, your repairs of seams and your dealers and merchandise, and all your fighting men who are in you. And the entire company which is in your midst shall go down into the heart of the seas on the day of your fall. The coast shaking at the sound of the cry of your sailors. And all the oarsmen, the mariners, all the sailors of the sea shall come down from their ships. They shall stand on the shore. And they shall raise their voice and cry bitterly over you and cast dust on their heads, rolling themselves in ashes. And they shall shave themselves bald because of you, and shall gird themselves with sackcloth. And they shall weep for you with bitterness of heart and bitter wailing. And in their wailing for you they shall take up a lamentation, and they shall lament for you, saying, Who is cut off in the midst of the sea like Zor, or Tyre? 
when your waves went out by sea, or when your wares went out by sea, you have filled many peoples with your great wealth and your merchandise. You have made the sovereigns of the earth rich. In the time, in the time you are broken by the seas, in the depths of the waters, your merchandise and all your company shall fall in your midst. All the inhabitants of the isles shall be astonished at you, and their sovereigns shall be greatly afraid. Their faces shall be troubled. The merchants among the people shall whistle at you. You shall become a horror, and no more forever. Yeah, I just had to mute you, by the way, there, Ross, when I was reading that, because you got some background noise going on. Yeah, sorry about that. That's all right. I just wanted that. I just wanted it clear when I was reading it. But anyway, uh, so yeah, they, you know, they supposedly say that this hasn't happened, but you know, they're uh, operating off of a begging the question, you know, assuming their own point to be proved, arguing in a circle fallacy because they are they're assuming that there was no first century cataclysm, which we believe. And which the destruction of Tyre here is what is what it's referring to when it happened, and that would perfectly explain why supposedly there's no you know quote unquote evidence for the destruction of Tyre. Well, because as the passage states right here, Tyre got totally submerged; it's completely underwater <laughs> due to the cataclysm. And there's other passages that refer to the cataclysm as well that said, you know, every island and every mountain, you know, every island shall be shaken out of its place. You know, uh, the foundations of the earth shall be shaken. Um, every valley and every hill shall be made low. And every, you know, every mountain shall be raised up. So, I mean, it also says, like, the earth would reel like a drunkard. You know, it, it basically, the whole earth was like shaken, you know, at the foundations, and uh, there was a lot of water that got, you know, I mean, it was like tilted, it was like tilted back and forth, I mean, I think it was actually tilted, I think it still is kind of, it still has a tilt today, you know, ever since, and that's why we, there's a lot more water, which we can, there actually is evidence that there is way more water now than there ever used to be, um, there's actually evidence that, like, the uh, the sea the sea level in a lot of places was actually a lot lower. Um, I mean, we can get into depth on that when we do a call on the cataclysm, though. But um, yeah, so that would be the explanation for that. Um, you know, the modern day geographic uh, tire, just like Israel, would just be a total fraud. Know to cover this up. So yeah, I mean, I think it was, uh, you know, besieged by Nebuchadnezzar before the first century, and then it was totally destroyed at, you know, in the first century and submerged underwater. Got any comments on that? So the atheists. As much as we despise their neck-bearded, daddy-issued nits, cannot be faulted for this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would agree. If they're, uh, 
I mean, if they're attacking like traditional mainstream Christianity, I mean, they'd be right. You know, they'd have a point. You know, obviously, uh, mainstream Christianity would would have no way to account for this. I mean, it would be a problem. But their whole eschatology and everything is wrong, so. Okay, so. Did you want to talk about the. that other thing now, or. Sure. Um, Okay, I mean, are you ready, or. Yeah. Okay. Well, I had something else that I thought about today that we kind of overlooked in our last calls, our Torah discussion that relates to sexual ethics. It just came to me today. It's just something that should be mentioned. I mean, we're not really going to... I'm not going to really make any claims off of it, Or, but... I mean, the Bible is silent. It doesn't... It's actually... And this would, like, shock people, but... I mean, again, don't get don't get mad at us. We're just <laughs> this is just this is what the Bible says or doesn't say in this case, you know. Um, and basically, there is no explicit admission anywhere in the Old Testament in the Mosaic Law or in the Bible in its entirety about uh, any kind of age of consent. So, I mean, that could that that could be problematic. Yeah, we should have uh, gone into this right after the section on rape. Yeah. Audio. And um. But uh, yeah, it's true. Now, this is not to say that we condone, you know, pedophilia right. or right or uh, you know, anything like that. But um, then again, you also got to understand that our, again, who defined pedophilia for us, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I understand that's another word that the Illuminati gave us with, with their definition. You know, where did this, the, the definition of pedophilia is arbitrary, ultimately. You know, it, it doesn't come from the Bible anywhere. That's true. So, I mean, what... What would the Bible consider pedophilia? Well, we really don't know. That's the problem. <laughs> that's that's kind of the point here is we don't really know because it doesn't it doesn't establish any criteria or it doesn't make any explicit statements or specifications about any kind of age of consent or anything. Well, the way you got to look at it is like this: it's all. I mean, the only uh, it's all up to the the girl's father. And, mm-hmm. uh, sure. Now, now in modern times, we've been brainwashed to think, no, no, it's, uh, it's creepy to uh, have a girl married to a man, you know, at her peak years of uh, fertility and youthful beauty, you know, which would be about the decade from age 16 to 26. Yeah. Right around age 30, there's a sharp drop in uh, infertility in women. Fertility, yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, nowadays, we basically 
if, if you're not opposed and hunted down, if you actually let your daughter or, or if your daughter wanted to marry so young, you know, you have to wait till at least age 18, maybe 17 or 16 in a few states in Canada, and then only with the parents and a judge's permission. Mm-hmm. Let's see how the courts usurp a father's uh, authority over his daughter. But, um, you know, even even at age 18, it would be considered weird or a mistake, not well thought out. Um, but, hey, if she wants to go spend uh, four or more years in uh, college and then uh, more and more years after that doing a career, you know, making PowerPoints and spreadsheets and doing meaningless work in an office somewhere, then, hey, that's uh, women's empowerment, right? Liberation. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and then, and then uh, end, you know, end, end up chronically... Several dozen then, men and uh, adopted a few cats and gotten older and perhaps towards the end of her fertile years, then she can think about settling down. But uh, hey, we don't want to like uh, force her into something that would be mean or creepy <laughs> at such a young age. So yeah, now I don't uh, I don't know if any of the Bible men would give away a daughter as a child, I'm sure it would be only in extreme circumstances that that would even be considered. I mean, surely most dads would have wanted to at least spend, you know, see her daughter's childhood. And then maybe at age 14, maybe age 12, I believe age 12 was the, uh, what, I mean, at least in modern Judaism, that's the bar or bat mitzvah ceremony and they're considered an adult, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, there's there's a couple points I can say on this. So for one, yeah. this whole concept of a teenager is completely artificial. Like fairly recent invention, basically that the Illuminati gave us. There there was no concept of a teenager in the ancient world. I mean, this is this was like a an universal, you know, an cultures universally there they had no concept of a of a teenager you know you basically you were a boy and then you had your whatever initiation ritual you know that they did and then you were a man so there was no actually the initiation ritual a lot of times actually involved sex some kind of sexual initiation but i mean they, they there was no teenager phase so there's that you know which would Again, I'm not going to make any, you know, I'm not going to make any claims or anything, but I will say that that would lend credibility to, you know, the, uh, I guess, the the possibility that um, they had a lot younger, you know, they took wives at a lot younger age back then because there was no, you know, they didn't have this, uh, teenager phase that they went through. It was just, uh, you know, it was the same for women. It was just they were girls and then they became women, you know. And uh, another thing that I actually just remembered from this book that I have, it's, it's kind of a, it's on, a, it's on an unrelated topic, but um, 
there's a, there's parts in that book where the author gives uh evidence and documentation and proof that uh women are actually maturing a lot faster over over the years which which would be a, a product of devolution because our we're, we're uh you know our, our lifespans are getting a lot shorter and he he proved this at in the, this book at the age of uh, has uh gone down over the centuries the age of what the age of uh, puberty onset has yeah decreased yep mm-hmm. yep yep yeah, kids kids are maturing at a lot you know a lot more quickly at a lot younger age now than they were even I mean I would say like fifty years ago and I mean almost that recently. Um, I mean he he had documentation in that book where basically I think it was from like maybe the eighteen hundreds or nineteen hundreds where uh, girls were getting their first you know having their first menzies or whatever. It, like eight, like sixteen or eighteen, even. Whereas nowadays it's like fourteen, you know, or even younger. So I mean, it's yeah. I mean, people, you know, they they were they definitely matured at a slower rate. The farther you go back, as well. So I mean, that would uh, that might also lend credibility to the the notion that you know women. Uh, you know, they possibly took took women at a younger age. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, um, but wasn't was it Mary, the mother of Jesus, who was fourteen years old, or is that just a? I forget if it. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that. Is it? Yeah, I think I've heard that before. Yeah. I'm not. I don't remember what that was from, but yeah, I've heard that. I think it might have been from one of the extra biblical texts. Uh, is that where you've heard it? Huh? I've at least heard it, heard it as an estimate of what was the custom back then. I don't know. I didn't hear a source mentioned. So. Yeah. Maybe I'm not sure. Yeah, no, I have heard that too. So, yeah, that, that's, probably, that's probably true. <laughs> Hey, Jorgie, you there? Yeah, how's it going? Oh, good. Hey, Jorge. Yeah, your, your audio sounds good. Yeah. So, uh, is there anything else you want to say on that, Ross? Well, I have a, uh, I have an article for Christians who might be still resistant to the idea. Uh-huh. It's short. It's just one page, and this is taken from, uh, well, anybody who hasn't heard of the red pill won't know what the phrase nanosphere means, but it's basically a uh, blog that uh, talk about patriarchy, and this is one of the Christian websites, so this is from the Christian nanosphere, the Bible page. Anyway, it's taken from a site called Haley's Halo, and uh, the title is Christians Who Don't Promote Young Marriage Don't Actually Care About Chastity. And this is written by a girl, so I'm going to read it like it's a girl. It's going to sound a little bit realistic. Anyway, here we go. Hold, hold on, Ross. 
sorry, but what what are you what are you talking on right now? Uh, headphones that aren't the best. Okay, yeah, I mean, because your audio like really is. <laughs> are you struggling to hear him, Georgie? I can hear him pretty good by headphones on. So okay, yeah, I'm on my cell phone. I can't really hear you that good, but is it Go static ahead. or is it does it do I sound distant? Yeah, yeah. Which one? Distant. Uh, how about now? That's a little bit better. Keep keep talking. I'll let you know. I'm I'm not sure where the microphone is. That's okay. There you go. It's you're better now. You're better. Okay. I'm just gotta you're better. Hold my head. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta hang my head down while I talk. All right. So anyway, <laughs> the title of this article is Christians who don't promote young marriage don't actually care about chastity. Mm-hmm. My take on the issue of young marriage is that if Christians are actually serious about chastity then they have to support young marriage. And it seems to me that Christians at large are not serious about chastity. All of the true love weights, style campaigns, purity rings, abstinence education, all of that means nothing in the face of biology. Or at least it ends up meaning nothing if you're alone with your boyfriend in your apartment at night and you're in love with each other, or at least happen to think each other is hot. I mean, what do parents really think is going to happen? Maybe not the first time, but given enough time. That they're just gonna, they're just having a Bible study at 1 a.m. Are adult Christians <laughs> just stupid? Is it not obvious to anyone with half a brain that human beings were not designed to delay sex for two or three decades after coming to sexual maturity? Mm. Yet we have, yet we have Christians not blinking an eye at full-grown adult singles waiting until age 35 to marry for the first time, because that was just God's perfect plan, or whatever. Maybe these Christians because they married at age 21 or 22 and never had the delightful experience of having unfulfillable sexual desires for 10 or 20 years, think that anyone can wait because they were able to wait for, like, five years. Maybe the only singles they know at church are low sex drive twos, uh, I guess that's two out of ten, ranking them on a scale, or girls who became chubby single cat ladies by age 26 and are totally content to serve in the nursery at church while patiently waiting for Mr. Wright that everyone knows will never arrive. Isn't it obvious that waiting is a realistic, an unrealistic and unachievable goal? Or maybe it's, or, or maybe it's that as long as the couple weren't cohabiting before marriage, then we can totally assume that they weren't having premarital sex, right? Even though they dated for five years, I think some of it is that there are a lot of married Christians in the church these days who had premarital sex. And again, you have to understand that this writer, she's going off the idea that uh, it's a marriage ceremony that legitimizes sex and not right. sex yeah. as a virgin initiates the marriage. Yeah. Um, that be, uh, a lot of people um, in the church these days who had premarital sex and they just don't want to address it because they might have to come clean about their own fornication. And nobody wants to go there because A, nobody's business, and B, awkward. So everyone just turns a blind eye to what they know is going on, and it'll all work out because we're all forgiven, and everybody makes mistakes, and no sin is greater than any other sin until somebody gets pregnant. But even then, everyone rallies around the brave single mommy no abortion equals hero for life, and they volunteer to babysit while shaming the man. We hear a lot these days from pearl clutching, 
uh, Christians about how evil the world is and how depraved the culture, et cetera, et cetera. If Christians are really serious about changing the culture for the better, then they need to get serious about promoting young marriage and stop telling singles, either explicitly or implicitly, that they have a long time to find someone and it's better to go off and have adventures while they figure out who they are. And they, all need to, they also need to stop telling people that the 20s are a season in which you can work on yourself to become closer to God and therefore marriage-worthy or whatever. By the time you hit your 20s, you should already be well-formed enough to be a good candidate for being a spouse. That has not so much to do with how many various experiences you have in life, but very much to do with your fundamental character. Marriage shouldn't be about bringing two experts in life experience together but rather about bringing two young people together who may be inexperienced in life but of solid character together. All the life experience in the world means very little with no character. Age 22 is not a good age at which to begin to develop character. Yes, it's a good thing to have done some introspective thought about who you are and what you want, but this idea that we have to be practically irrevocably formed before even entertaining the thought of marriage is wrong-headed. If anything, too much formation makes it that much harder for someone to get married and stay married. Now, obviously, she uh, neglects to mention the very real problem with people who are supportive of this idea that nowadays girls are um, indoctrinated with feminism, even and especially in uh, Christian churches. And so, you know, the, uh, the culture... If they want that to work, they're going to have to train women to be wives and mothers and not whores and adulteresses. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, too, you can destroy all those arguments that they use by just... I mean, when they say, like, more experience, what they mean is have as many experiences that you can with as many people as possible and then come together and see, see how well your marriage is going to work, you know? Yeah. That's why. Never, never mind. That's a direct. You know, that's a direct. Right. That's a direct reason why the the divorce rate is so high. Because the more experiences you have with more people, especially sexually, I mean, especially with women, from from, and this is from my experience. I mean, it creates basically a dysfunctional person, you know, because they have so many attachments, and they're basically they're so they have so much so many skeletons in their closet and so much uh, trauma and just, I mean, their minds are like fractured, you know? And they, I mean, I, I went through this personally. It's like, they don't even know how to have a relationship after that, you know? Because they've already been through, and they've been through so many that didn't work. You know, broken relationships, it's completely traumatized them. Made them totally dysfunctional. Yeah, and there is actually fairly recent, within the last few years, they have discovered something called uh, telegony, or uh, a related phenomenon is fetal microchimerism. And anyway, what it means is that women incorporate the DNA. Yeah, of the men, uh, whatever sex partners they have. Yeah, you know, from their into their DNA, and it stays in their bodies for life. Yeah. So, yeah, you wonder why. Maybe the breast cancer rates are going up or women are crazy nowadays and the divorce rates are going, you know, they're destroying their ability to pair bond and and they're defiling, I mean, even their bodies is defiling to them. This is why, uh, this is why the virginity preservation and the penalties for 
for that was so strictly and harshly punished um, in the Torah because God understood it and you know he didn't he didn't have to explain it all to us we're just supposed to trust him and and we've seen what happens when we don't you know yeah and now we're seeing you know now reality is being proven to be consistent and conforming with again all these laws I mean. <laughs> But I was going to say, too, yeah, I mean, that DNA, it, it stays and it actually, like, becomes a part of them, you know? So it's like, uh, if I have a kid with somebody who's already had, like, you know, however many sexual partners in the past, it's like, whose kid is it really? Is it, is it my kid, or... Oh, yeah, that's it, the other thing. I think that's what, what fetal microchimerism is. The yeah. children inherit some... I mean, it's not like they're... The, the DNA contamination is passed on to them, so they have to yeah. DNA. Them. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not saying that, you know, if you married a woman who had sex with a man before, that those children are not actually your children. It's not saying that they're his children, but they're going to have some DNA contamination from his DNA. Yeah. 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 And, so, uh, I mean, you, it, so basically, I mean, it, it's better to to have all your experiences with just one person. I mean, doesn't that just make more sense? You know what I mean? <laughs> to become experienced with just one person as early on as possible. I mean, that that follows logically. That makes way more sense. You know? I wanted to mention one other point concerning, uh, you know, modern uh, women's indoctrination with feminism, the divorce industrial complex, and uh, <laughs> uh, what else was it? Oh, and the difference between the Torah uh, idea of how marriage is initiated versus modern stuff. Basically, what a modern marriage license is is an asking of permission from the state for permission to marry. So yeah. Right off the bat, that's a usurpation of the authority of a father over who his daughter marries. Yep. And, you know, the, the courts are, all, if you didn't know, already know that they're satanic from how they constantly try to, overwhelmingly, most of the time, they try to separate the children from the father and award them to the mother in divorce custody battles. Yeah. Um, there are exceptions, but it's rare. Yeah, no fault divorce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just completely incentivizing women to, you know, frag grenade their family, quit their sacred vows for cash and prizes, and you know, screw them yeah. and go commit yeah. suicide. Um, and the suicide rates for single divorced men are very high. Cause yeah, there's nobody for them in the courts. Anyway, so, but uh, even before modern marriage licenses. Um, state permission was the custom. It was church permission. Um, I think I think it was the Fourth Lateran Council who officially made it illegal for you to have a clandestine marriage um, instead of having it done with the church's approval. Mm-hmm. Um, so people who think that, well, if we would just go back to Christian. Uh, 
government people and, and based on Christian laws, then it would be okay for marriage licenses to do that. No, it's still a usurpation of the father's authority. Sure. Yeah. You know, until we go back to the Torah system, it's it's gonna be anti family and anti God, basically. Mhm. I was gonna say as well, uh another way you can just totally destroy these, these liberals and prove that they're they're just complete hypocrites. I mean, they'll they'll criticize this and they'll be like, oh, you know, the Bible's so oppressive and so you know inhuman, or, or you know how how people used to do it. It's so inhumane, you know, and they they have these arranged marriages, you know, and they take extremely young you know young wives. But it's like all these liberal, you know, these like liberal women. How many people have they had sex with, like at, at the same age that they're they're you know that they're criticizing this for? <laughs> I mean seriously, and that's that's better. I mean, complete hypocrisy. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like you know, some of these girls in, in well, I mean, some girls, lots of girls nowadays, lose their virginity in high school, sometimes oh, yeah. in middle school. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And uh, you know, it's like for the men for the cooler not to have them married to you know to that boy you know provided yeah. he is act, would actually make a suitable husband it's up to the father again he can cancel the marriage but for the men who wind up having to wife up these women after they've, they've slutted around for a decade and a half and uh, racked up a notch count of several dozen you know which you should multiply it by three because girls always lie about how many men they've been with um, <laughs> The question for those guys is, or a lot of them find out too late they should have asked, is why should I pay to marry her when another guy got it for free? Yeah. You know, heavy question yeah. there. But uh, it's true. you have any comments, Jordy? <laughs> I mean, nothing that hasn't been addressed already. <laughs> I mean, do you agree with? Uh... I think, I think that article that Ross read off is the authors trying to defend premarital sex. Obviously, I don't think she was getting to. You said trying to defend premarital sex. Well, yeah, <clears throat> just in the fact to get you know <clears throat> marrying young. That's I've I've never I guess I don't know how to put it. Uh, I, I, mean, I, I came I, across that she was supporting that. I don't think it's supposed to be. And I didn't I mean, think. I just she, I I just got a feeling that she was. I think she was trying to. Or I think she was. I think she was writing the article trying to defend a belief that you shouldn't have sex before you're married, but to get married to have sex. Yeah. At a, at a young yeah. age. Oh, so yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the driving force behind their argument was just having sex. To have sex. Well, and, I mean, but it was a good it was a good argument, though, because it's I mean, it's true, because I mean, it, I, under, it, I, I, I understand that, too, but it's just, yeah, I don't think 
I don't personally think it was genuine from her. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I mean, that's there's a reason why women fell to the serpent, not men. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't say. You know, I can't speak on what her motives were or anything. But yeah, that's just what I. I mean, that's just what I thought from it. Yeah, I mean, I would agree though. Generally, that. You know, I mean, the Bible is straight up. You know, I mean, it says right in Genesis, you know, be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, the woman's but desire will be free for her husband. So, obviously, I, all I'm saying is these biological desires are inherent, you know, in our in our biology, and they're, they're natural, you know, they're good. It's not some... Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I agree with her argument that, you know, we should just accept that and... <laughs> so that you know, make it, getting married at a younger age would be preferable to you know holding off and trying to deny these natural impulses when everybody knows that they can't. Because again, all you have to do is look at all these liberals. I mean, they they prove they prove that you know. Yeah, they're, they're having sex with everybody. <laughs> that's just so, that's just the feeling I got from it. But I do agree yeah. with. Towards the end of it, I thought she brought up a good point. I don't remember what the exact wording was, but it was <clears throat> people hold out to find, like, the perfect match, you know, like, perfect match of character and all that. Yeah. When, it's when you know, you can have two people that, you know, mm-hmm. have, I don't remember if it was, like, a, a, set, a already based character... I don't remember, but I did agree with the last part of it. I thought it was pretty mm-hmm. well written. Mm-hmm. Hey Ross, you outside? Yeah. Is it the bird? Okay. Yeah, we, we got the bird joining us again. On a different no, on a different note, I've been doing some research on a couple strange phenomenon, and I think I think I experienced. Uh, well, I've had that personal experience uh, about the the floating orb. I think I've told you, Chris, before. Yeah. The golden one. What? I mean, oh yeah. Reading, it could it could have been ball lightning too. Uh huh. Uh huh. But I don't I don't think I don't feel like it was. I highly doubt it was ball lightning because I'm familiar with that, and that usually occurs from what I've. What I'm aware, of, that usually occurs at like extremely high altitudes, doesn't it? I, there's a lot of articles. There's a lot of people claiming to have seen it in their house. Ball lightning but, in their house? Yeah, like electromagnetic ball lightning. Hmm. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying that's not possible, but I don't know. I mean. It, yeah. I would say that I, that might be independent of like a natural storm. Know, ball lightning. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, so they might be calling that's a, the simil- a like similar that. phenomenon by the same name, but it's caused by something else. You know. Mm-hmm. I've been trying sure. to find. I've been trying to find other instances of like what I had, but it's not going too easy. Mm. But so what happened? So what happened to you when you were? The thing you told me about. Well, it was... 
it happens like every other story happens, like right before, you know, you you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. I was facing my wall in my bed and there was a golden orb shaped object that came and flew right across my, you know, right in front of my field of vision mm-hmm. and then just shot straight through the wall and on the other side of the wall would be, you know, the outside of my house, so it'd be like the outside world. Mm-hmm. And I just remember it being, I just remember it being like the size, like I could, if I reached out and grabbed it, it would have fit in my hand. So it wasn't too large. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was spinning very slowly, very slow rotation. And it had like very intricate carving, like it was like carved you know, like the whole the whole thing was like carved. Hmm. <clears throat> I just I don't know. I've never even thought about what it could possibly have been. When you say carved, do you mean when you say carved, you mean it was like a physical object? <clears throat> yeah, it was. It wasn't like a light. It was an actual physical object that was. Imagine if you took like an apple and you took a knife and you cut. You know, you carved pieces out of it to make a design like on uh-huh. the, like on the skin that's what it looked like but it looked like it was made out of gold like cause it was a golden color weird yeah I, <laughs> that's bizarre that almost sounds like so, some kind of technology to me but <clears throat> I always thought that but I just wasn't sure because it looked like it had like a generic almost ancient you know, like style, mm-hmm. like 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 design carving on it, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Something like the uh, the projection map from Treasure Planet, that Disney movie. Kind of. Mm-hmm. But, but it was just all. I mean, I, I was I was thinking almost like a mandala, you know, like you'd see. Yeah. Just some kind of sacred geometrical you know, mm-hmm. shape or carving or whatever. I don't know. It was, it just flew by real quick and just went straight through the wall. I mean, I saw it go through the wall and then that was yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, to me, I mean, that sounds like some kind of technology. I mean, if it was a physical object, you know, not some kind mm-hmm. of light or projection, mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know what else it would be except for technology. As you know, it's very strange. Mm-hmm. So what about that other thing you were telling me about that just happened recently? Oh, a couple days ago? Yeah. I it was just at my apartment outside there was a like a very high pitched screaming sound, like a like a wailing. Mm-hmm. That lasted probably five seconds. That was like unhumanly loud, you know. I heard, I heard, I noticed that, but nothing really came of it. Just, just the fact that I heard it outside. Right. You speculated that that might be a banshee or like a mm-hmm. siren or something. <laughs> something. Yeah, I mean. Possibly. Uh, who knows? I don't know. 
I mean, it also somewhere could... rural. No, I live in a city, not a not a huge city, but a decently sized city. In a you know, I live in a neighborhood, so there's houses all around me. There is well, a trail I, I, though. There is a trail that runs right, right next to my apartment that span that spans, I think, over fifty miles or thirty miles. So, yeah, it's pretty good size. I mean, I was gonna say too. I mean, they have, they have voice to skull technology where they can, they can make yeah. it so only you hear it, whatever you know, whatever sound. So, I mean, that could be a possibility, too, especially if it's in, like, a, you know, like a Mm -hmm. more, you know, more more civilized area. Yeah, somewhere where there's a bunch of, you know, too many people. Right. Mm. I mean, that's the thing. I'd want, you know, if it was was as loud as you're describing, why didn't other people in your apartment, like, react? Or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then again, I mean, people are just so passive today, and they don't really. Oh yeah. Yeah, they just kind of. And it wasn't too late at night either. I mean, it was nine or ten. I mean, it wasn't late. It wasn't like the witching hour, you know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Weird. Yep. I've been, I've been thinking back all the things that have, are unex, unex, quote unquote unexplainable <laughs> a lot lately. <clears throat> I was actually talking to my girlfriend a couple days ago, and we were just sharing stories like this, you know. Mm-hmm. And I had told her about the by what I speculate to be Bigfoot encounter. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can go ahead and go ahead and share that if you want. <clears throat> so I live when I was in high school I lived right across the street from my school the school grounds. And if you looked out my window you'd see our front lawn which is massive compared to any other high school in the area. And often up near the school, there's a little uh, wooded area where they just, over the years, they've just let develop into what it, what it is. Mm-hmm. And one night, I don't even remember what day of the week it was, but it was, I had woken up just almost randomly, even though nothing's random. Sure, yeah. Just in the middle of the night, randomly, and the first first thing I did in just uninstinctively or in instinctively was to get out of bed, walk over to my window and just stare out it just just look out my window, which is very strange mm-hmm. and all I see was something just bolting across the front lawn of my school is taking just covering massive ground like each stride is covering, like, a yard at least, like, you know, three feet. Yeah. And it and it just runs all the way across the front lawn up into that area, and I just, I lost it after that. But How tall do you think it was? I mean, it was probably, 
six and a half, seven feet tall, if not more. You know. And I mean, you, you would say it was probably a. You would say it was probably a bigfoot. Just on I based on how it looked. I personally thought it was because I can't think of any. Even even a seven foot tall human can't take stride. You know. Well, I mean, like a, the, I mean, like the anatomy too and stuff like that all matched. Like it had. Oh, the, it, it had a massive build. You know, you could tell it was just big. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, like in the way yeah. it ran, it wasn't it wasn't like a it wasn't like a human even people that don't run, like even if they had to run in like a life saving situation, like yeah. you, you could they all you know, they have a human type look to them. Right. Like it might not be like a perfect perfect form as their foot hits the ground, but that you yeah. can definitely tell it was not not yeah. That. yeah. Well, there is some videos on YouTube. You probably you're probably aware of them, some of them. But I mean, there are videos, legit, you know, genuine videos where people filmed Bigfoots like running across, a, you know, some kind of gap or stretch of land. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's at like it was at such a distance where you know they calculated all this basically the size it would be totally inhuman from yeah. the distance. You know that they were filming it in the, you know. The, the 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 time it took for it to, to cross the, the the gap and everything you know too was just impossible for a human to do. Mm-hmm. It was just it was and so I, quick. And actually, I have a I have another you know a story about what I've just something I've noticed when I was also in high school. That happened when I was in high school when I was uh, another situation happened. So that was, my parents were divorced, so I was at my mom's house, at my dad's house, one night, it was probably 8, 9 o'clock in the summer, so it was, you know, it had just gotten dark, so, you know, it's not, it's not that late at night, Mm -hmm. and I just heard like a, you know, the sound of like a plane or a helicopter or some kind of aircraft, it's very loud, you know, even even above you, the normal flying altitude is still loud. Sure, yeah. So I, I, I kept hearing this, I kept hearing a you know, aircraft type sound, and it just kept getting louder and louder to the point where it was just like, you couldn't hear it. You couldn't even hear a converse, the conversation I was having with my brother in my room. It was so loud. So, like, I just look out my window, and I look up, you know, instinctively to find what, you know, what's what the heck's making this noise. Well, all of a sudden, I see, like, this military-style helicopter with, like, the wings that have, like, all the missiles and, like, the the big machine gun, like, flying, like, almost, like, just, I bet it's probably 20 or 30 feet above that rooftops of all these houses in my neighborhood. And it has, like, the, it has this massive searchlight, and it's just shining it all over the ground on the roads. It's looking for something. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I didn't really think anything of it, because back then I was just like, oh, whatever. It's, I mean, I thought it was strange, but... Yeah, well, yeah. Fast forward to, like, months ago, this year, maybe, I was telling... My brother and I were having a conversation about things like that that, you know, we experienced when we were younger. We just never told each other type things. And I told him, I asked him if he remembered that, and he said, yeah, 
he said that happened like a week or two after you said you saw a Bigfoot running across the school front lawn. Uh, I was like, well, maybe they were searching for it. Hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was very strange. Hmm. I, I mean, I've, I haven't seen anything like that since. But. Yeah, I was going to make a comment, too. Uh, I've noticed another kind of common thread through a lot of these paranormal encounters or, like, Bigfoot encounters or... A lot of cases, like, it'll be just like how you described, where you're like, you, like, for some reason, you'll just instinctively, like, look to where the Bigfoot's going to appear, and then it just happens to appear there, you know, mm-hmm. which is just very bizarre. And that seems to happen in a lot of these, a lot of these accounts, like, people will just feel compelled, like, they don't know why, but they'll just feel like, this, like, like you said, like, just this instinct to... You know, either get up or look in a certain direction, or you know, when blowing the hole, it'll they'll just happen to see something. You know, <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty strange. Why that happens, I'm not really sure, but I don't know. <clears throat> the only other time I've seen, I guess, a humanoid figure was I don't know. My house had in our living room our living room was just a complete rectangle and we had our front door that was you know on one end and then if you sat all the way to the right you could look down a hallway that led to our kitchen Mm -hmm. you look down the hallway and at the very end there's a like a huge glass door that you could walk out to our deck on we had a very large shade that went in front of it you know so we could we put it down at night so no one could just walk up and just look into our house. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so our back door is four or five feet off the ground. So we had to build uh-huh. a deck. We had to build a deck to be able to, you know, walk up to it. Right. <clears throat> so if something wanted to look into that door, it would have to go up to the deck and then you know, is four or five feet off the ground. You can't just walk across and it's just okay. Right. I was sitting in a chair that faced it, and I was the only one that could see it. And the shade was the shade was down, and it was nighttime. And something walked across the walked right across the door. You know, just like passed by. Mm-hmm. And I distinct distinctly remember. Like, on a human, you know, your knees bend, your legs bend backwards, you know. Right. Or your your knees bend so you can, you know, you can form an L shape. Right. Well, it's like take the bottom half of your body and flip it around so your knees bend backwards. Mm -hmm. That's what it, it was walking like that. You could see the bend, you know, it was a walking, but his legs were bending the opposite direction. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so I didn't, I, I only, it, it just, it did like a, well, have you ever seen the movie Signs? Yeah. That faint, you know, the, the clip they play like while they're on the TV where they walk by the Hispanic kids birthday party. It just walks yeah. by the little opening. That's exactly yeah. what happened. That's exactly what happened. 
Wow. Like, that's what that's what I saw. So did you see, like, a silhouette at all behind the shade? I, or? All, all I saw was a silhouette because it, it was like a shadow. You know what I mean? Oh, all you could see was the legs, you said? No, I could see the whole body, but it's just, Oh, okay. I could distinctly... I can I could distinct those that feature just because it was it had to have been close enough to it because if it was farther away the shadow would be almost too blurry you know it right. wouldn't be like a it wouldn't be clear. So how so how tall been, how tall was it? Do you remember? Uh, probably five or six feet because the door was okay. the the door was seven foot or the door was seven feet tall so it didn't take up the whole door. Uh huh. And the way the light was shining, the light that had to have been shining onto it, it probably would have made it appear a little taller than I would have thought it would. So it it was probably closer to five feet. Hmm. But it just walked by, and I don't know where it could have gone because, you know, there's only one way up. There's only one set of, a, a set of three stairs that go up into the deck. Oh, so it was walking the opposite direction from the stairs? And it just—it was walking, it was walking, walking perpendicular to it. Yeah, and then it just, it just like vanished or something. Well, it just—it just went out of sight because I right. could only see that I was probably thirty feet away from where it actually was walking. Yeah, and it was—it was like a channel. It was just a—it was like two walls that just directly focused onto that door, so right. you could only see that three or four foot span. Mm. But I don't know, I always just ha- <clears throat> always had this just feeling that it was an alien or some kind of non human humanoid. Do you remember like what the feet or the leg the however far up the legs you saw, do you remember like what they looked like? I mean, was there any did they look like it was hu- human feet with but, but <clears throat> bent the opposite way or what? It was like if you if you if you were standing up and your arms were at your side and you were walking, but it was almost like a bouncing type walk. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't just like a normal stride. It was kind of like bouncing up and down. But I only assumed that because of the way the knees were bent or what where the knees would be. But I mean, you don't remember what. You don't remember what they look like other than that, like No, I like, I couldn't I didn't I didn't actually see the the actual being. I saw the shadows. Oh, okay. I got you. I okay. thought I thought through the blind. The blind oh, was, so it, the, so the blinds trans- So the blinds were down the blinds were down all the way. I thought I thought when you were describing this I thought you meant like the blinds were down but they were not down all oh, the way to where no, they were no. up they were up enough that you saw the feet. You know, moving. No, no. Okay, I, I got they you. They were down 100. percent So it was all I saw okay. was the shadow. I see. But but that's what you know. Even through that, I could still make out that detail. Right. I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would I would probably have to agree with you. I mean, definitely some kind of you know non non human mm-hmm. humanoid thing. Mhm. Sorry to interrupt you guys. Chris, go ahead and mute me for the next five minutes. I'm moving. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, did you watch that video I sent you? 
Uh, which one? The one on the that humanoid that that guy filmed in Mexico, apparently. Oh, where it jumped across the it jumped up to the rooftop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw. Dude, it. I mean that was that was pretty. <laughs> I mean, there I you go. So I I watched it, and at first, the first time I watched it, I just I watched the whole video, and I thought to myself like. I thought it was fake. I personally thought it was fake. Yeah, yeah. Only because the way that it moved once it jumped, like once it jumped, the way it landed onto the roof where it caught itself, uh-huh. it looked it looked like it looked like something they would do in a movie. Like it looked like think like a visual effect they've already done in movies. CGI, yeah. <clears throat> but then I I started watching it closer and closer. And I just thought back to what I saw, and I said, I think that it could be real based on the fact that, you know, that's probably what it it actually looks like when it does it. Yeah, no, yeah, I thought you know it, I mean? to, me, to me, it looked, I mean, it looked genuine to me. The move, the movement was super <laughs> fluid. I mean, it didn't, it didn't have any kind of, I mean, it didn't look like, I mean, I know what CGI looks like, you know, and then. Yeah. For an average person to fake CGI and make it look even remotely good, I mean, it takes, like, a lot of work. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just something an average person can do. You know what I mean? No, no. Well, it's not just, like, you can... You could easily take a photograph and, you know, use, like, a Photoshop-type software and, you know, do right. that. But right. you could, I mean, I'm not saying you couldn't do that for a video clip, but it's it's out of the it's out of the hands of a common person that doesn't know, you know. Yeah, yeah. Not saying that it can't be done, but I I yeah. find it strange. I find it strange that most of this, you know, a lot of this footage, it's like the, it's like that footage you sent me of the, that flying fortress or whatever. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Where it was seen through the, the infrared, infrared lens or whatever. Oh, yeah, the, the mothership. Yeah, that was that was that was in a Hispanic country too, or that wasn't it wasn't in the United States, right? Yeah, that's where a lot of this footage is coming from. Like, well, see, that's I'm another not, reason why I think it lends legitimacy to it, cause, you know, because it's like, yeah, you'd expect fakery to come out, you know, like if it's uh something you know captured over here, you know, at least it'd be more likely than. <clears throat> I mean, some guy over in Mexico, you know, on a handheld phone, yeah. filming something and making like a a real or a legitimate looking fake. You know, it'd be it's a lot more it'd unlikely. Be one, it'd be one thing if it was like alien mothership filmed over Los Angeles, you know, or something. Right. New York City or something like that. I mean, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right. Even though I'm sure there's plenty of. I'm sure there's plenty out there. But, oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. to me, like, the anatomy and every, I mean, how it, it moves so fluidly and, you know, the lighting <laughs> all looked, the lighting all looked right. You know, it matched what? the surroundings and everything. And just the, the way, and here's another, here's another thing. As I look at, like, the behavior and, like, how they react and the way they react and stuff, and to me, mm-hmm. like, the reactions... From both the cameraman and the the entity 
seem like totally genuine, you know, like it, it literally just like stopped, you know, when it noticed that he was filming it, it just mm-hmm. like stopped there and like, you know, kind of just like, like froze <laughs> and just like stared at him, you know, for a, you know, a couple well, seconds cam- before, before it reacted. You, and I then, mean, you, you could, you could tell the cameraman and, you know, I think there was like one or two, you know, female, you know, voices you could hear. I mean, it sounded genuinely terrified. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's like they froze in fear while it was froze looking at them, and then when it started to move, then the cameraman reacted, and they, you know, they started to move and get freaked out. You know, like they were mm-hmm. starting to run away or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that. So. I noticed that on the other video too, that mothership video. I mean, you could hear the guy. I mean, his voice was trembling. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's <clears throat> but. I've noticed on a lot of footage that, you know, just stuff I've found myself that you haven't sent me, it's it's all coming from, you know, I don't want to say second, third world countries, but it's coming from places like that. Yeah, non, so, non-Western. I mean... Yeah. I, I don't know if it's just because they might not necessarily know what it is, which they obviously don't, probably, or the fact that it's just if they let if those things let their guard down over that type of country or what yeah. have you. I mean, it's the it's, there's a high might, chance, there's a high yeah, chance the, that it's not going to be found. Yeah, the control might be less tight. You know, mm-hmm. but they probably don't well, they probably don't care as much if they get seen or if they you know they let them see them. A little bit more yeah. over, you know, a non-Westernized or non-Western I mean, nations. I mean, if you're talking about a nation, you're talking about, you know, people that, you know, don't have access to even, the, you know, the Internet. I mean, how are they going to even expose a video like that? I mean, they can't. Yeah. Yeah. But going back to the video you sent me with the, with the alien in it, I thought it was very peculiar that the head you could tell the neck and the head were extremely small. No, I noticed that to too, the yeah. Size of the body. The body yeah. was very length, length, length. Lengthy. Length. It was, yeah, it was long and slender almost. Yeah. And the head was just very, very tiny. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the opposite. It's like an invert of like what they, you know, the quote-unquote gray aliens are supposed to look like. No, there's uh are you familiar with the there's variety in the grays? Do you know about like the hierarchy? Have you researched no, that know. at all? I haven't. Yeah, well, I remember reading a bunch of accounts, you know, gray I mean, this was when I was reading all like the the Biblioteca Pleiades articles and stuff where they have like all this all this stuff, you know. Yeah. But uh there yeah, there's like hierarchy amongst the grays in terms of what you know, people have observed and, and seen, mm-hmm. like, the, you know, the small dwarfish ones with the, the big heads and the, the tiny bodies, those are the, those are the very low, those, they're basically just, like, drones, you know, oh, and they're basically okay. just, like, they're, like, biological robots, pretty, they're, like, bees. Oh. Like, it's, like, a beehive, and they're the bees. They're the workers. Little, yeah, the workers, yeah. Mm-hmm. But apparently, uh, in a lot of these abduction accounts, they they see, uh, or they have seen, people have seen and observed, experienced, 
consistently, there's a consistent pattern where they, apparently when you go higher in the hierarchy, they increase in height. And, like, the highest in the hierarchy amongst the greys, they're, like, super tall. Like, they're basically, they look like the aliens from Signs, which is basically okay. exactly what that looked like in that video, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what they look like, supposedly. I think they, I think they have, like, greater powers of communication. I think they might be able to actually, like, speak and stuff. I don't think the, the lower greys, I don't think, have ever been seen to speak or anything, at least with their mouths. They, I, I know they can speak Not, telepathically. Yeah. I've, I haven't heard, I haven't heard of any accounts of them actually using vocalized words. Right. Yeah. But other than, other than the telepathic type. Mentally, yeah. Mental communication. Yeah. So it's basically like the higher, you know, the higher, uh, higher ones in the hierarchy are kind of more developed, you know, they're okay. more, so, more advanced. <clears throat> Going off of that, I mean that the one in that video must have been in some something, you know. Yeah. But going off of that information. Mhm. I don't know. Ross, you there? I unmuted you again. Yeah, I'm good now. Okay. <laughs> did you did you watch? Oh, did ahead. you watch that video, Ross? we're talking about? Oh, not yet? You say not yet? Yeah, I said not yet. Okay, sorry. It was hard to hear you. Yeah. I did watch that. I did watch that uh, video you sent me, too, on uh, gang stalking. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk about that, too. Yeah, that was a really... I mean, that was was uh, a... Okay, so... I started watching it, okay, and obviously, you know, you've had your own personal experience with this before. Yeah. I I haven't that I have noticed, but so go, going into the video, I, I was just, I was keeping you in mind. Uh-huh. And in the video, the guy starts talking or whatever, and I'm just like, okay, whatever, just get on with it. And he shows the footage of the LAPD helicopter fly over his ha- over his what I assume is where he lives, and it's like a mobile home or whatever. Camper, yeah. And I'm like, okay, it doesn't really look too much like it's specifically targeting him. Oh, he you proves know. it in that video. <laughs> well, I, I know. No, I know. I get yeah. What what yeah. what made what what really got me believe it was the fact that he stopped he paused the video as it was flying up to him and the pilot was you could clearly see he was just he was staring at this guy like hard yeah deliberately every, staring at him yeah every time it's yeah. not you know what i mean like yeah it'd be different if it just flew by because i'm sure those those helicopters fly all the time you know? Yeah, I mean, you, you would you, you would have to appeal. Yeah, you'd have to appeal to an alternate conspiracy theory to explain how, you know, just the massive statistical improbability of him getting out every time, this happening repeatedly, and him, you know, when he would film his his feet, and then he'd look up, and it would literally line up perfectly with where he was standing every mm-hmm. time, you know, and fly mm-hmm. directly over his head <laughs> every time. Yeah, and then. 
and, and the thing that really got me was that after they flew directly over his head, you know, they did the initial direct flyover, they would mm-hmm. they would circle him. Like they would do a circle where where they would make it so he could see them looking at him. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's almost like they wanted him to see them looking at him. You know, and be like, yeah, yeah, we know that you know that we're watching you kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it's like, why is it every time they do a circle over, circle over they circle around him every time, and when he zooms in on him, they just happen to be, everyone in, whoever's flying in there just happens to be staring directly at him. Yeah. I mean, that's like bizarre, dude. <laughs> I don't know how else you're going to, I mean, you know? Yeah. That's what that's what really. Got what me other explanation the... could could account for that? You know, that's just no. It's just it's it, he. Yeah, he's a, he's a targeted individual, and that's you know, this is real. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. this is the Illuminati that that exists. Okay, they they can do this. They have the resources where they can personalize any. any you know, they can make any conspiracy personalized to you. You know, they can yeah. expend whatever resources they want. They can throw everything they want just at one person if they want. And just, hmm. and it seems like just for, with no other purpose than just to basically to, to like terrify you and demoralize you and uh, harass you, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just harass it's like, Yeah, to mock you basically. It's just like totally satanic, you know? I mean, it's... <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what it is. And what I thought was really interesting is how he said it all happened. Because he he he, he basically put up a video about reptilian Mm. shapeshifters in in movies and media. (laughs) And then then that's what caused that's what ignited it and made it start happening. So, I mean, what does that tell you about reptilian shapeshifters, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, they're probably real. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't but my whole, my whole thing too is I've I've looked at that footage that he's looked at before on YouTube too. I've seen that footage like in the Matrix movie where they've slowed it down those scenes and they you can clearly see that there's like oh the claws yeah there's like shape shifting going on. But my whole thing is see I believe the my Illuminati is so advanced and stuff and I believe they they put out so much counter propaganda. You know, they, they they play the dialectic, and they put out fakery and, like, reverse fakery, like fake fakery. Mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, they could have they could have actually put that in there, and it was fake. They could have put fake shape-shifting and encoded it into the movie, to, you know, just because they could. Yeah. Just to make people, okay. you know, see that and then be like, oh, this is... You know reptilian shapeshifters, but I I really think there are reptilian shapeshifters and that they exist. But I don't know if they would actually, you know, manifest themselves in a movie. I think that they I, they probably wouldn't do that for real. No, you know, I don't. I don't, what what I think about the whole shapeshifting <coughs> is I don't know. It goes back to the the original the bloodline. Yeah, I mean the people that have that, the people that I don't even say shouldn't even say people, but the ones yeah. that that have that and they are, you know, the shape, the reptilians and the shapeshifters, 
the shapeshifters. I mean, they're not they're not just gonna be put. They're not gonna be screwing up. You know, accidental do it. In a yeah, movie. exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it yeah. doesn't. It, no. It's, you don't. They don't do that. No. No. <laughs> it's just like the same thing with like. There's some pretty famous footage of like it was like right when. The, it was like 2008 or 2009. I don't remember which, but it was right after Obama got into office. There was. Oh, you're talking about his bodyguard. The body, the bodyguard. Yeah, yeah, that was another real obvious one. Yeah. That, I don't yeah. think that one. I don't think that one's real either. No. Yeah, I mean, my um, whole thing. Another reason why I think they just put this stuff out there is because people draw false conclusions from them, and they they actually are the ones who put out the false conclusions to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, to to actually interpret this phenomena. Well, yeah, just because what, what are because what are most people gonna? How are they gonna interpret all that? They're gonna be like, oh, these are the reptilians from Zeta Reticuli, the the you know mm-hmm. the other the star system out in outer space. See? Yeah, the aliens. Yeah, they they're they're aliens. aliens. See, so mm-hmm. it bolsters the whole alien na- narrative, which they obviously want people to believe in. Mm-hmm. So it works out perfect, you know. Yeah. There, hardly anybody is going to be like these are these are canites or these are uh, yeah, these are you know, descendants the, of these are mm-hmm. Nakash serpent creatures that God created in the garden or these are uh, seraphim mm-hmm. angels that can shapeshift and stuff. Yeah, hardly any a very very tiny minority is going to think that yeah, you know because they're they're not promoting that view at all. No. You know? So yeah, I don't know. There's just that's why I when I was in high school, just like you, that's what I did with most of my research on was like, you know, this type of subject. Mm-hmm. N- not necessarily biblical, but True, yeah. to this to this that type of realm. But that's why looking back I see all this information about like people they've created like a whole a whole uh mythology just for just for Narratives. Those, yeah just for those you know they know these aliens are from you know they have like this whole story behind them. they have like their history i'm like how that's not even how does that happen you know yeah i mean there's there's more predictive programming about aliens than basically any other psyop out there it's been longer mm-hmm. running than any other psyop so do you really think they're not going to this isn't going to culminate in something. Mm-hmm. Really, don't think they're they're gonna they're not going to do something with this sometime in the future. Oh, they're going it's, to. It's literally been in the mainstream for seventy. Oh, years. I know. Yeah. I mean, they've been prepping this more than any other psyop, dude. I mean, it's like. I mean that's just a matter of time now when they're gonna. Mm-hmm. I mean, what and especially and it really makes it. Interesting too, because they're promote. They're actually the Illuminati is actually promoting the flat Earth now. That's what that's what you so talked like, about. Yeah, so it's like they're they're actually exposing NASA. They're actually promoting the exposure of their own institution. Mm-hmm. So how I so I, I'm trying to figure out how that's going to work in with all the the alien narrative. Maybe they'll they'll either admit that we're in a flat, enclosed Earth and still somehow 
hold on to this alien narrative and maybe say they're just from some other dimension or maybe they're they're they'll pull the whole quantum theory card. Well, they they so already they'll, do. They'll, they'll, yeah, they'll pull the whole multiverse thing and they'll say, oh, they're from another they're from a parallel universe or something like that, which they, is, is they, still just total BS. Look at. Look at Indiana Jones and the Kingdom Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It's exactly what they did. Was and the, the Avengers, very, the Avengers, the very, yeah. At the very end of the movie, you know, Indy's talking to the the other scientist, the older guy, who was crazy the whole movie, and he said, "Where are they going?" And the, the old scientist said, or I don't remember if it was Shia LaBeouf's character, but he said, "Are they going? Are they going back to their planet?" And the old scientist says, no, he's, they're going back to their dimension. Yeah. He says they're trans-dimensional creatures. Yeah, yeah. And I you mean, can see how that, that still works in with all the quantum theory stuff. You know, it yeah. still holds all that up, and it's still... You can still work I mean, that in with, with Darwinism, but you can actually... They're actually exposing Darwinism as well, but they're they're only exposing it to a point because they're going to include the whole alien mythology and with that they're going to be like mm. you know how how you know since there is no missing link well well what happened was is aliens tinkered with the genetics of uh you know apes and that's how humans came around you know they're going to work yeah. that whole thing they'll probably work it to its ultimate progression too and say that aliens are the one that seeded the you know the primordial uh soup originally as well mm-hmm. i mean yeah and I was going to say too another another option how they might work the whole flat Earth thing is they they might not admit that the Earth is flat or we're in an enclosed cosmology, but they they might use their promotion of flat Earth to expose NASA and be like, well, NASA has been lying about all this stuff and lying about space and what's really out there because there's there's these aliens that are really out there. They've been lying to you about you know the aliens. But not, they've been covering them up, you know, and hiding them. Yeah. But they'll still be. But they'll still be like, you know, the Earth is still a sphere, and you know, planets still exist, and space still exists. They've just been lying because they've been covering up the aliens. You see that? Mm. Yeah, that'd be yeah. tricky to. That'd be tricky to come up with something to bring bring the flat Earth into it. I guess. No, I know. Yeah, but I mean, they're. They're clearly promoting it, so they're going to work it in somehow. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I, I, I think for sure they're going to play they're going to play a bad alien versus a good alien card. There are, they've already set up that dialect within this whole alien mythology that they've constructed. Yeah. I mean, you just look into the... If you've read any of this material, the UFO material, they've already set all this up. They've already got the Greys as the bad guys. And the you know the Greys are usually working with the reptilians. They're the bad guys. The reptilians are the ultimate bad guys. And then they got who, who are the good guys? Are they? I think they're like the Palladians, right? Yeah, like the Norse. Yeah, the Nordic. Like, the Palladians. The yeah. Aliens. Yeah. Yeah, they're the good guys. So they already got all that set up, you know. So mm. what I think is they're gonna when they do this false alien invasion, you know, fake alien invasion, blue beam hologram, sire, or however they do it, you know, whether it's all just a elaborate light show or if they actually roll out some real physical craft that they've had all this time, you know, 
Or just or just turn the cloaks off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how there's innumerable ways they could go about doing it, but um and they might actually roll out some legit genetic, you know, freaks that they create in these under underground labs and they actually might make some, you know, tangible aliens and roll them out there possibly. Yeah. They can cook up they can cook up anything in these labs. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Or they, you know, who knows if they're just all going to be hologram, super advanced holograms, or I don't know. But regardless, I think they're going to play the whole bad aliens basically invade, and then the good aliens have to save us, whole thing. Mm-hmm. And the good aliens are going to, you know, unite the world. And that's what's going to really publicly usher in, you know, the one world government system. Yeah. To be united under, you know, the the, the global threat of the aliens, mm-hmm. the bad aliens, and then the good aliens come in and have to save the day, and yeah. you know, and then we we yeah. get we basically get enslaved into into their this global technocracy under them, you know, and we don't we only realize, you know, after it's too late that it was all an elaborate ruse and that the, the good aliens really aren't on our side either and they actually enslaved us under this global, you know, technocracy, mm-hmm. like I said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... But that, by, that it'll, by that time, it'll be too late. Yeah. You know, but I think the good aliens, you know, they're going to be, like I said, either some lower-level Illuminati or some kind of genetic creation that they just, you know, cook up in these labs or... But I think the the true unknown, the true Illuminati, the unknown Superman, they're going to go right along scot-free, you know? They're, they're going to... No one's, you know, yeah. one's going to know about, you know? They're just going to go right along. No one's going to know that it was them, you know? They'll just keep going like they've always... You know? Yeah, I mean... No one knows it's them now. No, no I know. <laughs> yeah, but they're gonna Even remain that way. You see how they they could do out? They could pull all that off, and they'll just remain unknown because they don't. They'll just. They'll still be down there, you know, in sub subterranea. I mean, they don't mm-hmm. have to. They won't have to reveal themselves at all. Nope. No one will be the wiser. They'll just get away totally scot free, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I think they're gonna. Part of the way they're gonna they're gonna set up the whole bad Illuminati versus good, or bad yeah bad Illuminati and, good, and bad aliens versus the good good aliens card is they've been promoting the Illuminati as well. Why do you think Illuminati is such a common buzzword? And like oh yeah, just everyday vernacular, dude. Like everybody knows that term. You know what I mean? They've been promoting it on purpose. It's a revelation of the method. It's because. It's going to culminate in this ultimate disclosure event because they've been exposing themselves deliberately. Okay, it's obvious. Mm-hmm. Like anybody who's anybody who's looked into the truth, been a part of the truth community for any amount of time, knows that. You know, it's obvious. It's like why? Why? It's like people looking at all these NASA videos. It's like they, why are they making it so obviously fake? They don't have to. Mm-hmm. They're doing it on purpose. You know, because they're they're setting up scapegoats. You see that? Yeah. They're setting up fall guys. 
all, all these people who are going to be the scapegoats and the fall guys are going to be a part of the, you know, the lower managerial class, you know, the Freemasons, the, the NASA institution, the, you know, the Vatican, the Jesuits. These are all public, you know, public scapegoats that are going to take the fall. They're going to sacrifice them. You see that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the, the true Illuminati is going to get away totally scot-free as usual. Remain totally unknown. I mean... Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, am I on the money with that? Or? I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we're going to be... Basically, what society is going to look like is like basically what they've been prepping... You know, they have all these predictive programming and all these dystopian films. Why why do they have all these dystopian films? That's another thing. Why why is every in every dystopian film is like it's like basically the same theme. Like society is like some kind of technocratic, you know, like dystopian dictatorship, you know, communist world, you know what I mean? Mhm. Like Blade Runner, you know, there's no middle class. Everyone's this like living in giant cosmopolitan, you know, multicultural cities where there basically is no culture because it's so diversified and everyone's just one homogenous slave class, you know, and just totally ruled by technology completely, where they're just slaves to technology and. Yeah. And there's and there's just there's them and there's these super elite. Those are the only two classes, you know. And it's like that in all these dystopian films, like Blade Runner, Hunger Games, uh, mm. Ghost in the Shell. Goes on and on and on and on, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they're, that's when the Illuminati, they're, well, the higher-ups, I think, are going to start coming coming out, basically, in, onto the surface more and more, because they'll they'll be able to, you know, be able to finally... Re- they don't want to rule from underground. So they don't want to do that. They want to rule us publicly. They want to be up here, you know. They don't want to be underground, you know, no. ruling in the darkness. They want to be in public. That's the ultimate sat- satanic, you know, goal is to be ruling your, you know, your uh, your enemies in, in public, you know, where they can see you and they can't do anything about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's their ultimate goal. That's what they want the most. They want to be like God. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's why you see in these films, you know, you see a lot of, they have a lot of this technology out in the open because they'll be able to bring it out more, you know, and yeah, but only the elite will have access to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, 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 everyone else, basically, and everyone will be transhuman too, like in, you know, like in all these films, like in Elysium and Ghost in the mm-hmm. Shell, everyone's going to be a transhuman, but it's going to be it's going to be bad. You know, you're going to be, every time you, you take some kind of non-organic, your biology is tied to the life force, okay? And they, they tell you this in media too, like in Star Wars, they got the, the midichlorians, 
they basically tell you that the force like flows through you know organic matter like living mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the life force you know so the, the less the less organic matter you have and the more basically the more mechanized you get the more transhuman you get the wrong kind of transhuman where you're you know it's basically not organic technology it's some kind of mechanized technology you're you're reduced you know you're becoming less and less spiritual because the connection between the physical and the spiritual is is the bridge that connects the two in terms of you know especially us being emanationists that bridge is the ether you know the life force mhm you see that yeah so Makes sense. That's why I think that's why I think why it says in Revelation, you know, and it says people seek death but they won't be able to find it. Because oh, okay. people are gonna want to die being these yeah. <laughs> tortured transhuman freaks, you know. Yeah. See in the in the true Illuminati, you know, they have the good they have the good kind of transhumanism where they're basically using organic transhumanism. You know, they're using organic technology, like either organic, like nanotechnology, where it doesn't really reduce their life force. You know, it's really not mechanized. It's basically biological still. Mm-hmm. Or they're using uh, alchemy, which is a totally natural process. Yeah. You see that? Mm-hmm. So they're not... You know that's the good, that's the good kind of transhumanism. They're not really deforming their bodies or you know destroying themselves in the process. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Hmm. They're not losing any life force. Looks like we actually got Dave on the call. I saw that. Are you there, Dave? I just I yeah, just I'm, don't uh, need multitasking. I'm multitasking in the back in the background. The reason oh. I called in is because um, my Wi-Fi signal has not worked properly for three or four days. And um, when I was listening to the show, um, the audio was delayed for the first time. It was lagging up, and so it was like it was like repeating itself. So that's what I called in just so I could hear. Not being screwed up. It's weird. I never seen that before. Huh. I'm sun gazing. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> yeah. I did a lot of that today. Yeah. It was a good day here to do it. Yeah, it's really important to do that up here because of the cloud covering and all. So. Yeah, yeah, that's why I do it here whenever I can. Because it's, yeah. It's the people. Trails. People get depressed up here. They have what's called the Seattle freeze. When mm-hmm. they talk about people are unsociable up here, uh-huh. um, usually related to the dating scene, but it's, people also say it has to do with the weather. Um, people are more sociable when the you know when the weather gets nice, but it's it's true, you know. It, it oh yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah. go ahead with what you're talking about. I was just listening to it also. Oh, I think that was that was the end of my rant there. So, any thoughts from you, you Jorgie or Ross? He brought up a good uh, point that I really hadn't given much thought to about, but makes hundred percent 
sense was about becoming mechanized, you know? Mm-hmm. I guess I had never thought of that before. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, I think that's why they're, you know, I mean, obviously transhumanism is being promoted. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're definitely uh, predictive programming, conditioning people to accept that more and more every day. Yeah. Why we're getting into a more, you know, the Internet's taking over more and more as well. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be like in these films, I think, where it's everything's run by a, basically everything's run by the Internet, you know? Basically the brain's going to be, for this machine, this, like, hive mind, this AI is going to, it's going to be public. It's going to be out in the public, you know? I mean, people will know yeah. about it, I think. But they'll spin it like it's it's a good thing. They'll they'll get people to accept it, you know. Like, oh you need this. You need this to run everything. It just makes everything so convenient, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See? Like the movie iRobot, you know, they spin it so everybody likes you know the oh, AI yeah. that, <laughs> they're, they're helpful. It's their deity, you know, it's watching them. Yeah, that is true. Taking taking care of them, you know. You there, Ross? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, you got anything? You want to say? Just uh, thinking about it all. (laughs) Yeah, I've noticed uh, about the alien thing. I've noticed. I, I, a family member with whom I live recently got Netflix against my advice. Yeah. And yeah. Netflix has degenerated into just. Oh, yeah. Basically, the. Uh, it's liquid diarrhea. Yeah. As far as yep. quality goes. Yeah. You know, if they're not pushing the gay agenda, then it's just stupid cartoons and mindless or. Yeah. You know, sacrilegious humor like Family Guy and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So. Mm-hmm. But uh, I. Before I gave up on it, I used it for a few days. Um, I found a show called the Forty Four Hundred. Forty Four Hundred, huh? Well, Forty Four is a that's a super occult number. No, no, I think they're alluding to the number one hundred forty-four thousand. Oh yeah. The the one off the front end and the zero off the other. Anyway, a group of people, several thousand in number. Oh well, Forty Four Hundred of them. <laughs> um, they were abducted from various dates and years from like late 1800s to present to maybe 16 days in the past. And then in the present time, they all show up at once, this ball of light. Uh, and they think it's an asteroid at first hurtling towards the earth. And then as it gets towards, gets near the surface, it slows down up in, uh, in Washington state, actually. Um, it slows down, hovers over a lake, comes to the shore of the lake, and then all of those people just materialize, and the ball of light disappears. And uh, they start to find out that all of these people have gained superpowers. <laughs> wow. And uh, the normal humans who didn't get taken and given superpowers, they either help them or most people start to fear them and want to avoid them or kick them out of their communities out of their jobs, if they're their boss, you know, they don't trust them. And uh, they all have to basically uh, go into this, you know, one of them, 
is lucky enough to acquire some wealth and influence, and he becomes their self-appointed spokesperson. Oh wow, um, dude! And basically, like, buys up a a ranch and makes it into their compound. You gotta be um, kidding me! Oh, I'm not at all. Not at all. Yeah, look up that show, the 4400. And anyway, the leader, they start to find out, you know, some of his uh, helpers. You know, he he's basically like giving these 4400 people a home because everybody else is rejecting them. And uh, but some of them who work closely with him find out that he's corrupt. He's uh, a womanizer. You know, that he's creepy and he he doesn't want some of the people to leave because he needs their power for his own personal advantage and. You know. Well, you know what so, I was uh, going to say before you said all that about the number 44? Uh, what is it? That actually uh, is a number that the Illuminati has used to represent the Davidic figure. Huh, really? So that's interesting that, uh, you know, I'm sure this is all coincidence, but that show, the 4400, you know, just happens to take place in Washington. Uh-huh. Wink, wink. <laughs> and, uh... There's a group there that uh, gets superpowers, almost like an Exodus remnant community, or and he he becomes their leader. And there's like a place of protection in Washington. Interesting. Yeah, but I'm I'm mentioning it. But then but then they twist it in the end, and they make it they basically make a mockery of it, like he's the bad guy, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They're the bad aliens, is what they're framing it as. Yeah. Which is probably exactly what they're going to do. It's... Yeah. Because it mentions in the Bible that there's going to be more people that are coming, you know, with... Uh, there's going to be more people that are going to appear with this Davidic figure, like the, the seven princes. I think it mentions in Micah, I believe. Uh-huh. And then the eighth. He's the eighth. Seven rulers and eight commanders of men, I believe, is the exact uh, yeah. terminology. Yep. So, I mean, there's going to be a, a group of people with, and I think they're going to have powers, you know. They're going to be transformed, and they're going to be uh, supermen. And, you know, they've, they've been prepping people to think that they're going to they're be aliens or with the whole X-Men propaganda. You know, they'll be like these mutants or whatever. Although know, they've already programmed people to reject them and be fearful of them. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, it's interesting. Some of the superpowers that these people in that show have are, uh, like, one guy is a healer. Like he'll he touches people with his hands and they're cured of anything. Mm-hmm. Another guy, mm-hmm. another uh, guy. Let's see. He's he can read minds or he can hear people's thoughts. And then a little girl becomes a perfectly accurate prophet. She sees things from the future, and she'll randomly mention them in conversation, and then people don't yeah, have, I mean, have anything to do with her because they come true and freaks them out. Yeah, I mean, there you go. <laughs> yeah. All I was going to say, too, about uh, with alien abductions, you know, all these alien abduction experiences, I mean, they've obviously been... They've been using those as a propaganda tool as well, even though they're real. You know, but they've been using them for the same purpose to bolster up this dialectic that they're going to play in the future, you know, these bad aliens versus these good aliens. 
Now they've used the uh, abduction encounters to foster the whole bad alien side. Or to, or to make uh, abduction seem undesirable when perhaps it's possible that in the future there will be a rapture of regathering people who are the true Israel? Sure, yeah. Probably manifold reasons. But I mean, I think it's really the you know the Illuminati that's abducting these people and then they implant them with false memories. Hey, you guys. Yeah. <clears throat> Is there some place you can watch uh, the 4400? I mean, I've heard of that show before. It was on a number of years ago. Uh, it's not on Netflix. I just looked. Is there somewhere where you can watch it? <clears throat> uh, well, it was on Netflix when I checked a few days ago. Did you... Did you spell um, it with the num the numeral instead of the spelling? Uh, I I think so. Anyway, I've had this problem before, and uh, I don't want to go on right now. But there, I mean, I can go to somebody else, and the show will be on Netflix, but it's not on my Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I, stuff is happening all the time to me, and I I believe that this AI that you're talking about is behind all this stuff. I don't think humans are doing all this. But these no. little, little irritations. Sure. And they happen to more and more people around me, and they're happening lately, and uh, something is definitely going on. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you, the, the series is on Netflix. <clears throat> yeah. All right. I've been through this before, so I'll keep trying. Sometimes you just have, have you, to. Have you tried a Google search or looking for episodes of it on YouTube? No, I, I just like to watch the pilot based on what you saw. I didn't know all that stuff was in there. That was kind of shocking. Did you? You didn't know that, Chris, right? No, I didn't. But that sounded really. Uh, I mean, that was pretty blatant. I mean, that's the only reason I remembered because it. It. Uh, I've, I've listened to some of your show, Dave, and it sounds like stuff that you've talked about before. Okay, are you are you the guest tonight? Ross, uh, my co-host. No, I'm not. I'm not in the chat. I'm on a phone only, and I don't have a laptop next to me. Oh, yes, you guest, have a guest. Three is Georgie. He's on the call too. He's my friend. He's a friend. Oh, okay. Does he live with you or something in Iowa? Yeah, he lives in Iowa, not with me. But we yeah. used to work together. We used to be coworkers. Yeah. Right. For several years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that was some interesting stuff he was saying there. Um, about that encounter he had. So. Yeah, he's had a lot of weird, weird encounters. Yeah, that's why I had to move again because I was sitting out in the woods listening to the call and he started talking about it. I was like, oh, thanks, Georgie. You ruined this place for me. I'm back inside. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I ruined that for you with the polite stuff, man. Well, you guys yeah. take away from me? <laughs> I don't know. I guess having it freshly reminded in my mind, it just, uh, yeah. I know I ruined it for myself with the Pilates stuff. I, I still go out, though, anyway. I don't really care. I mean, yeah. Oh, well. If it happens, it happens. I, I assume that God is protecting me. And, you know. Oh, yeah. That's all you can do. Definitely. Uh, Dave, we can talk about uh, Owaspi if you want, or however you pronounce that book. 
Okay. Well, the best thing I can say about that book is uh, I kind of wanted to talk to you in private about it, but uh, is that it's a okay. uh, sophisticated propaganda piece in my estimation. But uh, it, yeah, yeah, I agree. I talked about this over and over. It has, um, I would say, a spin, a spin off of a truth, a spin sure. of the truth. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing how many times they do this, and you'll see it in their Urantia book too. Yeah, but you know when you when you read this, um, I mean, this was just you can almost become sad because I've been googling you know stuff like higher self, and uh, there just is nothing out there. It's all gone. They took it oh, all I know. away. Yeah, and this is all we're left with is this this kind of stuff, and it's it's it, you know it's titillating. It kind of um, I mean I. I'm curious about it too, but I, I only view it as a propaganda piece, and I don't want anyone to think that I think that there's. I think it's. Uh, well, we try to get revelation on it. I think it's channeled. Sure. Well, they actually say it is. So, I mean, if you're yeah. a spiritualist, you're going to doubt everything they say and go, "Well, they're lying to you about that." Uh, Chuck was told it is channeled, but it's the same thing with. Uh, I think your ranch it was probably channeled too. But yeah. uh, I yep. think it's a diabolical intent. But it's like I said, it's interesting that they have these truths in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's too bad that they have to occur in that kind of context because they're not going to benefit any kind of Christian. And I, I, I would counsel Christians to stay away from those books, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Most of them have problems yeah. focusing on the Bible, so they don't need to be doing it and re-looking at that kind of stuff, you know. So anyway, but... Um, well, I was going to say, I mean, they put it in an absurd enough context, so... It's, yeah. They just sunk it, you know, by way of association. Yeah, they did a, a great yeah. job. Uh. And I know that both, I'm pretty sure that both in the Urantia book and the the OASPI, they both support, like, the heliocentric model and cosmology and all that as well. Uh-huh. Did you ever look so. up that word, how you're supposed to pronounce it properly? No. Yeah, I, I know. I've actually, heard, I've actually heard a podcast. I think it was on... Uh, an old uh, uh, podcast on the Awakening. Who who did that show? Uh, Derek, whatever his name was. Yeah, yeah. He had a guest on there that talked about it. I have a podcast on my iPod where he's got a guest talking about. It. That's where I first heard about it. Well, knowing so. he's trying to, uh, he didn't have good discernment, so he's probably thinking this is another uh, truth or something. He's... Oh yeah. Yeah. The first thing you want to look for is, you know, contradictions. That is all contradictory, just like there's contradictions between, uh, I'll call it Ohopsy and your answer book. But uh, anyway, I looked up the pronunciation, and it's like Opsy. And I'm just going, what? I, look, I, I listened to uh, more than one of them. It, it sounded like they were saying Opsy. So, okay. Hmm. <laughs> I know it, it sounds, you know, like it's natural, but apparently that's the way you pronounce it. It sounds kind of weird to me. All right, well, just a preface for Ross and Georgie and my audience on what we're talking about here. So the, the book that I have been reading on this show or this call, you know, The Lost Data of, on the Chariots of the Elohim, mm-hmm. supposedly this author is operating a lot of the precepts, operating a lot of, off of a lot of precepts and basically material in this supposedly channeled book. Called, I guess, Opsy, as Dave said. How do you spell that? Spelled O A H S P E. Okay. 
And I'm just going to read the short, you know, like introduction of it on Wikipedia because I mean, it, you'll just see or you'll just see just from the the description that it has it obviously has a lot of truth in it from what we've things we've talked about. But it says, uh, Opsi, a new Bible, is a book published in 1882 purporting to contain, quote, new revelations from the ambassadors of the angel hosts of heaven prepared and revealed unto man in the name of Jehovah, end quote. It was produced by an American dentist, John Ballou Newbro, 1828 to 1891, who reported it to have been written by automatic writing making it one of a number of 19th century spiritualist works attributed to that practice. Opsi defines adherence of the disciplines expounded in Opsi as, quote, faithus, end quote. Opsi comprises a series of related interior books chronicling earth and its heavenly administrations, as well as setting forth teachings for modern times. Included are over a hundred drawings. The title page of Opsi describes its contents with these words say, a new Bible in the words of Jehovah and his angel ambassadors, a sacred history of the dominions of the higher and lower heavens on the earth for the past 24,000 years. Oh, there you go. There's a truth there. Together with a synopsis of the cosmogony of the universe, the creation of planets, the creation of man, the unseen worlds, the labor and glory of gods and goddesses in the Aetherian heavens, with the new commandments of Jehovah to man of the present day. It says, Jehovah, or the Great Spirit, Ormaz, you know, from Oromazdian, uh, Zoroastrianism, Ego Queem, Ago Queem, Eloi, the I Am, Jehovah, and other names are used throughout Opsi as the name of the Creator. That's pretty interesting. According to Opsi, the Creator is both masculine and feminine. Om, or O-M, is one of the names used to refer to the feminine, or mother aspect. Other references include the all-person, the unseen, and the ever-present, the all-light, the highest light. That'd be like the Ein Sof, you know, in Kabbalah. God and Lord are titles of office for a person in the spirit realm who began life as a mortal or incorporeal form, spirit within a body. So those would be like your lower... Uh, you know, your your higher your higher Adam or like the demiurge figure, I guess. Mm. God manifesting in a body. The creator is all and was all and forever will be all. He she was never born and is beyond all gods. The creator is our father and mother and all that are and were born are our brothers and sisters. <laughs> yeah, I mean I basically agree with pretty much all that there. I mean, what do you think, Ross? Yeah, there. Sounds like a lot of truth. Touching today. on a bunch of points that you've already covered, yeah. Yeah. So it obviously makes sense why they would uh, compartmentalize these truths in this kind of, yeah, and in a context that obviously a Christian would just reject. Totally out of hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some kind of occult, you know, channeled work. Yeah, I'm amazed at how little there is on higher selves, too. Like, I've looked on Amazon and, like, typed in 
higher self, you know, like you'd think there'd be some kind of book on just all these legends and traditions of this kind of phenomena that's, I mean, it was like a pan-cultural belief, but there is none. Like, there's no, <laughs> it's just... That's hard to find. Sh- shocking. Yeah. Really, all you can find is just in the New Age, and that's basically just all pretty much nonsense. New Age bullshit. Yeah. And the only only real place within, like, Christendom, quote-unquote, would be, like, Valentinianism, but that... Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not even really called a higher self in that, you know, and it's... You really have to, like, study that in depth to, to even draw that out, that that's even in there, that they had that kind of doctrine or concept. That's a little out of my uh, my my simple my simple mind can handle that. <laughs> is that is that you, Jordy? <laughs> <laughs> is that you? You sounded like somebody else. That's still you, right? Yeah. Okay. You sounded like this other guy that comes on calls on hoaxbusters. Kind of sounded like him for a second. Oh. <laughs> Fuck me then. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> hey Chris yeah yeah. I got knocked out of there I think it was my fault I uh, I called Chuck and I asked him to go to Netflix and see if that, uh, that show was on there I think it's probably on there um, but uh, over, the, over the years I've come up with all kinds of different terms uh, that would be more palatable to a Christian mind than higher self you know what I mean yeah yeah. And I even came up with one yesterday, and I kind of like it. It's called Personal Angel. You're talking sure. to a Christian. you got a personal angel. Yeah. Well, these Christians, let me say something real quick. They seem to have problems. If somebody has more than one guardian angel, they don't have a problem with a guardian angel. It's, it's, but they might get a little creeped out if he stays too long. You know, he has to come and go. I mean, he can't, like, you know, hang out on your property because, Wow. That would mean there's an angel here all the time, you know. But, um, I mean, how do you know that there's only one of them? How do you know that everyone doesn't have at least one guardian angel? You know, just a guardian angel. They don't even talk about this. How do they know that everyone doesn't have one? I I I think it's propaganda. They're they're giving you something instead of nothing, and that's all they give you. But uh, how do you don't have three or four of them? So you can't use the just prove that, but if you start talking like that, they'll, oh, you're really an angel, so, you know, that kind of, yeah, yeah. And then they'll say something, well, we don't want to focus on angels too much. <laughs> These little pious statements, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Always want to focus on, uh, you know, the Father in heaven and his Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, I was going to say, too, I was thinking about this the other day, too, like, uh, I don't even see why it's such a big problem because, I mean, angel means messenger. You know, that's what the the title or the office means. And who are they delivering messages to? It's like us. So, I mean, why wouldn't everyone have their own messenger? I mean, you think that would follow. I mean, why would... I don't even get why people have such a big problem with that. 
you know? Yeah. If you you start talking about, uh, you believe how crystals and gemstones or metals have uh, healing properties, they have no problem in believing in demons. But hey, if you mention a spirit from the good side, they're like, whoa, hey man, careful. You're going to get into idolatry that we don't talk about. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say too, like, just, just the term messenger, like, wouldn't that imply that God like that's that's the means by which he uses to communicate with us. Mm-hmm. He doesn't just talk to us, you know. He works through intermediaries. I mean, that's what that would imply, you know. Who are the yeah. intermediaries? What are the messengers? So what's the what's the problem? Well, why wouldn't he have a messenger for everyone then to deliver me- his messages to them? <laughs> I mean, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually think that people that think they're hearing from God, like I, I used to think that, and I may have heard from the Father a few times, but I actually sure. I think it's my angel now. Yeah, yeah, that's what I that's what I think too. Yeah, that's what it's I think easy. when I, I hear. Chuck got that revelation. I mean, this was information that was volunteered. He didn't even ask for it, but yeah. he was told that. Um, well, I should say Earth has a lot of commonalities with heaven, but the. the uh, the, the angels up there, they're kind of dysfunctional right now. It's drawn from them also. I never even thought about that all those years. So uh, mm-hmm. don't assume that I was going to come up with that in the next 20 years either. But I started thinking about that. I think about that more. And um, we shouldn't assume that we have all this happen with the Father. Yeah, uh, no, I don't. Yeah. Maybe it did. But I think, I think it's normative that he speaks to us now. He does it to... Um, uh, you know, mediated form or something like that. And uh, yeah. I, I believe that's a personal angel, so that would be uh, yep. the way it's going to normally happen. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you even see that in the Bible, though. Every, any time he, you know, communicates with someone, it's usually through the form of a, you know, through the, the mediation of a messenger, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> After Peter, you know, he got out of prison, the, uh, the disciples referred to his angel as his angel. Yeah. Christians yeah. have the burden of proving that he doesn't have a personal angel or that anybody else doesn't have one either that's a believer. They can't do that with the Bible. You can get frustrated trying to do it, but you can't, you can't do that. So These are you actually what, things you haven't even you know, thought about. So, you, know. you know what else is interesting about that passage or that, that uh, yeah, that, that encounter there that is they... They they said it's it's probably his angel as if to imply you could mistake his angel for him like in terms of appearance. Yeah, because they. So it's like they're. Yeah, it's like I mean there you go. That's like a higher the angel is your higher self and it actually looks like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Enough where you can get the two confused. I mean. I mean that's interesting to me too because that's that's been confirmed to me. By personal experience, you know, whenever Cassandra would say that she saw my higher self, she said it just looked like me, but like a an old, like I was older and basically like a glorified me is pretty much was her description. Mm-hmm. So, well, we've been told that you look similar. So, yeah, yeah. I've never, I've never heard you talk about that before. 
Yeah, I pointed out a few times on the show that that's that's the thrust of the passage there is that the reason they're saying that is because they they look similar, so they can be mistaken for one another. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that would also explain the other passage where you can entertain angels unawares. I mean, well, how could you do that? Well, because well, they can just they can just look like everyday people. <laughs> have you this kind of this is kind of sidetracking from what you guys are actually talking about? But there's a fame I don't know if it's famous, but there's a very popular video on the internet, and it's it's a it's years old, but it's a story about a man who supposedly time traveled into the future and met himself as you know is a few years older you know he's an old his older self mm-hmm. and at first they didn't the both the both of the people didn't believe you know the other was themselves until they started comparing like a tattoo that they had mm-hmm. in the exact same spot and all that mm-hmm. so when you guys were talking about <clears throat> the higher self looking very similar. That's what it just reminded me of that. So I was mm-hmm. wondering maybe that video could that's what that video could actually be instead of quote unquote yeah. time quote unquote time travel. It's yeah actually just meeting your higher self that that is you from from the past yeah. in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it just it just kinda sparked that memory for mm-hmm. I thought I'd bring it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by the way, Dave, I think I texted you, but when you were talking about the uh, Psalm 82 passage, remember that? Uh, vaguely, what did you say about it again? Well, I, I got, when you were talking about that on that one podcast, I got that it that had to do with both those interpretations, like it had to do with uh, a spiritual death being pronounced upon the Elohim, as well as uh a death that would manifest in the physical where, you know, they, they would incarnate in these lower lower mortal selves that would experience death physically. You know? So it was like a holistic it was like a holistic meaning. Kind of like the same way with Adam, you know, where it said, you know, you're gonna die when you eat of the fruit. He didn't die the day of physically, but he did end up dying physically later. So I mean it still had to do with physical death. You know? Okay, when you're asking simple questions like that uh, in, in a yes/no framework, um, the mm-hmm. angel make a—they're all different, and they make a personal decision, and sure. they may—they may say yes if it's mostly true, and the other truth is is more minor. In other words, they're affirming. They—they can read your mind, and they know what you're thinking about, and they just tend to emphasize that. But other times, they'll say yes and no. Sure. Yeah. So it's mostly true. Angels have actually said you need to rephrase the question. Yeah. And it, yeah. I go, ah. And I, I'm pretty good at rephrasing them because I can see, okay, there's a problem with this. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get like a better answer. But the, we, I just asked a simple yes no question on that because I was doing right. it live, you know? Right, right. And, yeah. I just want to remind people that um, I've talked about before how I ask. Lisa questions late at night and she'd be washing dishes and she'd get, she'd confuse the yes with the no because she's not paying attention. She didn't realize how important the question was. Anybody can do that, okay? You're going to have error. 
True, but I yeah. want to point out too that sometimes you know this yourself. Sometimes you you can't. It's not as clear. Oh yeah, yeah. It's louder. I mean, you can misunderstand things. And it, normally, I a Chuck will say something like, you know, this is not coming through, you know, real loud and stuff like that, you know. And then if it's not, I don't. Uh, I'm not going to make it public or anything. But I prefer ideally to ask things uh, at least twice before I say anything about public, unless it's not that important. But um. He's getting a lot of confirmations of stuff we got years ago. That's why I'll say something like, you know, Connie got this, or if I even mention her, and then like three or four years ago gone by, and then I ask him. He doesn't even have any framework for the subject. I just throw this stuff at him. He's consistently gotten this stuff running down the line. So it's just pretty amazing. Sure, but, yeah. Uh, they'll point out an error. But the errors are from people that I was asking questions through. You know what I mean? Uh-huh, yeah. And uh, so anyway, <clears throat> I mean, there has to be some kind of error. You're not going to have infallibility here. There's no such thing as that kind of thing. So, <clears throat> yeah, there's no, no, I mean, well, I mean, there is a such there is a such thing, just not, yeah, not right, not right now. Yeah. I I talk about on my own show how Jesus erred. Everybody has error. I did that room too, so I don't know if you heard it or not. I, oh, I mentioned it again, I think. Uh, I'm trying to vaguely remember. I, I'm not talking. trying to about it. It's kind of a distraction. I probably shouldn't have said it. But Isn't that when he's like struggling? In, Isn't that when he's struggling in the garden of uh, Gethsemane yeah. or whatever? He had already made it clear that he was going to die. He didn't give the details, so the disciples didn't really understand the crucifixion, apparently. Yeah, and he was trying to he was trying to uh plead with the father to to uh I guess take that fate away from him or whatever. Yeah, he said if it's possible let this cup pass from me. Well right. it's not possible. Right. Uh Acts four uses the word predestination. It's funny how few Armenians know this. I don't know how you could possibly get out of this because um, that's what the word means. And so it's telling you in Acts 4 that the most evil deed in world history was predestined by God, which is why it says in uh, Revelation 13:8 that he was crucified before the foundations of the earth were laid. I know there's an alternative reading there, you know what I mean? Mm. But I, I think that, um, <clears throat> that those passages interpret Revelation 13, which came later, because John's always pointing back to the Old Testament, you know. Sure, yeah. I think that's what's going on there. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that was an error in his judgment. Right. You see it. Uh, right, yeah. No way out of it. And the only reason that we don't see it is because the Constantinian church turned Christ into a sacred, basically a sacred cow. So, oh, yeah, yeah. You play around the edges. This is how they protect the information. Then the finger is pointed at you. Man is always the same. I mean, the Pharisees were doing the same thing, and you're going to get accusations or suspicions of blasphemy and, and questions about your nature. Well, you can go right ahead because I'm going to question where you're able to think. Because I don't see yeah. any Christians who have noticed this. Yeah. Yep. You have to have like a Unitarian or somebody pointed out. Not a, the Trinitarians, they can't see it. They can't. It's, have you ever noticed how they can't see errors in their own teaching? Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, the reason we know that is because they don't talk about them. See, that, again, is a cultic 
mindset. If you don't talk about it, try to defend it. We're talking yeah. about things you don't even talk about. Mm-hmm. You just gloss over them um, without any thinking at all. So, yeah, he in a moment of weakness, um, and I'm going to assume that, that the Trinitarians are going to emphasize that, you know, this divided nature, and that was his human nature. And they're going to have to say something. But you notice they don't really talk about it. They don't really explain it. They just overlook it. But obviously, there's a great place out there, by the way, called um, Christianity Stack Exchange. You ever run into that? No. Stack Exchange. I've heard, yeah, I've heard you mention it before. I've heard you mention it, yeah. They have all these uh, questions on there, and they have about as good as replies as you're going to get anywhere. These are guys that are thinking, you know, but they're thinking within a conservative Christian framework, and you can see how a lot of times they're incapable. I mean, they can't think out of the box. You can see it. So they're not able to answer the question, but they try really hard. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was going to say that, uh, hold on, I was going to say on that point, Southern Israelite actually goes a lot into that, like on how Trinitarians, they'll basically say that he can have two natures, but it's still one person. Like, yeah. how, can you, how can you have two natures and not have two people? How can you have a nature removed from a person? Or a person removed from a nature, you know? Well, it's, it's, the, it's, it's like the legal person, you know, that corporations became. It's just like this abstraction. You know, it doesn't really mean anything. How can you have a, a nature removed from a person? It doesn't really, it makes no sense. Yeah. Well, this, this is a huge condemnation of Trinitarianism. They've had... Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, depending on what you believe, you know, a thousand or nineteen hundred years to make some comments about the theory that Jesus was God before he came to earth, and then he was restored to godhood. How do we understand that again? But when he was on earth, he was um, more man. like a demigod or exalted man or anointed man, or hey, he was a yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see any evidence in the Bible that he had two natures. The reason that they come up with this actually is um, that's what they need to do to try to make some sense out of these passages because they're, they're anti-Trinitarian passages. Yeah, so when you explain yeah. them, every time you have a problem, you say, well, that's his divine nature, and uh, that problem is solved by that passage that has to do with his human nature. And they, yeah. they've been, it's like a magic trick, and they've been able to work this on people's minds century after century. They've never had to be accountable. But see, they've never, they haven't even renounced this doctrine. I'm talking about my doctrine, my view. Mm-hmm. It explains how he could fully be God. Uh, but he wasn't when he was on earth. Who the hell ever talks about this? You ever heard anybody talk about this? No. See, so as a conspiratorialist, I think this is the suppressed view. I think it's the truth. No, I agree. Yeah, that's my view too. That's from what I've researched. That seems to be the correct view. That and also lines up with control, all this. In a system of control, we should not be surprised if we hear absolutely nothing about something that's incredibly important. Absolutely nothing for centuries. You hear nothing. Well, for instance, like higher self. Why don't Christians try to refute that? They don't even pay attention. Um, I think. I mean. You've got you know, apologetic ministries out there, and they deal with some of them ignore the New Age movement. Other ones, uh, you know, expose them. But I mean, they don't have 
any kind of proof text against a higher self. I've never even seen one introduced ever by a Christian. This is shocking. They just ignore the whole subject. So you're not doing anything at your end because they want to point the finger at us, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have any. They don't have anything. They have nothing. But mm-hmm. a, a massive assumption. This is their doctrine. They have unspoken doctrines. Here's one of their unspoken doctrines. Um, if we haven't heard it before, then it does not come from God, and it has to do with the occult and, and secrets. And, and, and you're claiming that you have um, secret knowledge. And then some of these people will go right into a personal attack, and, you know, we think that you're, you know, spiritually proud, um, <laughs> right off the subject, you know. I mean, this is the kind of level that you're stuck at. Anyway. Oh, I know. Yeah. Horrible. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Please produce a proof text, something. Yeah. I'm going to attack your person because um, are are you spending quality time in prayer, Dave? Not kind of, those kind of people. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Any secrets <laughs> in your life? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> No, I'm a little different than most Christians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they go to your church. <laughs> well, yeah, and, me too. Mm-hmm. I actually, I actually do spend quite a bit of time in prayer. So, yeah, I'm different than most Christians too. <laughs> yeah, we'd be different there, Dave. <laughs> I already know that. Most Christians, don't, most Christians don't spend a lot of time in prayer, so. If you harbor secret sin in your life, you're cut off from God until you repent. I mean, this is just like basic stuff. So, yeah. I mean, I've done things in my life where God let me know, like when I was a young Christian, he, I don't even remember what the heck I was doing, but he turned the lights off in the house, and it was like immediate. And he was teaching me, you know, this is light, this is darkness. I'm going, oh, okay. Maybe I smoked pot or something, because I smoked pot for the year after I got saved, you know? Mm-hmm. And you got Chris's out there say, Dave, you you fell away. You you sinned, and you sinned repeatedly by smoking marijuana over and over again. So you were in a state of unrepentance, and so you became apostate. And you may still be in a state of apostate today, Dave, unless you truly repented of smoking your marijuana. <laughs> you know those kind of people? <laughs> I've been around one, too. Anyway, go ahead. I, I mean, I wouldn't even be confident to say that smoking marijuana is a sin, but... Well, it can become a sin. So I, agree, I agree with that, yeah. But just, I if mean, you if think about how bad Taco Bell is, it's so bad. They're saying that people are getting explosive diarrhea. And I don't think this is a conspiracy threat to make Taco Bell look bad. And so, I mean, if you read about Taco Bell every day, how bad it is, and then you go there to eat twice a day, um, and you don't repent, I mean, this this is not a sin. This is a sin. Sure. No, I, I agree. I agree with you, yeah. You're really destroying yourself with genetically modified food, which makes you stupid, by the way. It affects your mind. See, notice how you don't hear people talking about how this affects their mind? Trust me. I've eaten stuff that has Roundup in it. I'm just going, oh, jeez, what an idiot. You know what I mean? Then I can feel it working on my mind. I was like, wow, this stuff is powerful. Sure. I'm talking about the soy and the corn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just waste through so much food. If you don't watch what you're doing, look at I just did it last night. I went down and I bought some uh, 
I mean, I like, I like tomato juice, and uh, I ran out of it, so I went down to a local store, a fast food mart, and I bought this clamato. And uh, I was looking at the ingredients, and it was so small, the lighting wasn't good, I, I couldn't even see it, so I just bought it. I get it home, it's got high fructose corn syrup in it. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. But yeah, that stuff will fry your brain temporarily. Oh, yeah. That's what it's designed to do, see, these people... These toxins are constantly being put into their bloodstream. That's mm-hmm. why one of the reasons why they can never think. Yeah. Their, their, their mind is so stunted by all this poison. Yep. That's one of the reasons. Yep. Anyway, because we know there's something wrong with these people. Yeah. Dave, hey, did you say Cuomo, like P L A N? What did he say? What was that? We can barely hear your oh, your audio. How about now? No, not very good still. <clears throat> he was asking what the Calmato was you were buying. He was asking well, how tomato, it tomato. It's like um, it's like V8, but it's just tomato juice, you know. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. They even got. I noticed that at the store yesterday they had a Budweiser Clamato. I don't know how that works. It seems like uh, the. The, there would be less alcohol in it or something or, or something. I don't know. How can you mix the two together? I don't know. That's, the, that's actually the first thing that came to mind was when you said that. <laughs> it's got the same alcohol, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'd have to taste it. I, I wouldn't want to taste it. If it hey, can you hear me now? Better. Yeah, yeah a lot better. better. Yeah. How do you spell that product that you're talking about? C-L-A-M-A-T-O. Ooh, uh, do, I, I haven't looked at the ingredients of that, but I thought that was clam juice, tomato-flavored stuff, like a beer additive. Well, I was trying to look to see if it had any... If it has food coloring, I won't buy it. I didn't see any... Oh! Oh, dear. It says red 40. Oh. That's a, it's in the middle. Usually it's at the end. I think I got fooled on that, too. Oh, see, this is stuff that's cool. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> red anyway, 40 if you stay away from that stuff, that's when you really notice it. If you just yeah. get it to the body once in a while, because you'll adapt very quickly to it. And then, this is what's causing all the diabetes and high-fructose corn syrup. Anyway, I don't want to misdirect the show. So, if you talked about um, Ezekiel 31 or this cataclysm, uh, yeah, the destruction of the destruction of Tyre. Yeah, you have. Yeah, that's what we were talking about at the beginning. Okay. Chris. Yeah, because because uh, Ross had. He'd uh, linked me to this uh, website a long time ago, and he was he was he was confused about this. It's it's from that website, Rational Wiki. Okay. You know, it's like that popular atheist spinoff of Wikipedia. You know. Uh-huh. Basically, they had this page on supposed failed Bible prophecies, and one of them, you know, was Ezekiel 31. They basically are saying, you know. There's no evidence that Tyre got destroyed, like the way it said in that passage. And, you know, modern-day Tyre is still there. And it's, you know, well, obviously they're not factoring in this cataclysm that happened in the first century, which clearly is, I think, the context of that passage. And, I mean, it 
pretty clear to me what happened to it. It got totally submerged underwater, completely destroyed. So modern-day tire is not even the tire that is being spoken of in that passage. No. Yeah, so... Hey, hey Chris. Yeah. I'm going to have to get off. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, buddy. Yep, no problem. You're invited back anytime. All right. All right, I'll talk to you later, Georgie. Yep, see ya. Bye-bye. Chris, let me help you out with that passage, okay? Uh-huh. That's a very difficult one because um, I worked on passages like that for years. And uh, the one that you are talking about in Ezekiel 31 is very complex. But anyway, what's helpful to do is to go to Jeremiah 50 and 51. <clears throat> mm-hmm. and, and, you know... <laughs> It helps to understand that it has a double fulfillment. Oh, sure. But, um, it talking about... A oh, no, 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 never mind, never mind. No, 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 no. Not Ezekiel 31. Ezekiel uh, 27, 27 through 36. Sorry. Sorry. I, I looked it up on eSword. I figured that maybe you're looking at those passages. Anyway, um, yeah. what you're seeing is there's a cataclysm that destroys ancient Babylon. Yeah. You have to understand that you're going to have a natural inclination to assume that that happened uh, to them, literally, and that's how they were destroyed. Mm-hmm. So, according to this view, if you're going to hold to a natural cataclysm, that would happen at the end of Babylon. That's, that's Babylon's destruction at its final end. How does that work with an Assyrian, uh, a Persian invasion? They were invaded. That was the end of Babylon, according to the Bible. They were invaded by the Persians. So did the Persians get wiped out by the cataclysm too? No. Here's the solution. Okay. Mm-hmm. According to my understanding, believe it or not, Jeremiah fifty fifty one, or at least where it talks about the cataclysm, they're supposed to be inundated by water as well. By the way. Yeah. Yep. Which doesn't make sense. I think Babylon was located in a different place, but um, it doesn't really make sense for ancient Babylon either. But I suppose you could pull out of the hat if it was big enough wave that went over a, a heck of a lot of uh, <laughs> land, which you could have if the earth tilted or something. So I believe in that kind of thing. But anyway, um, I firmly believe that that cataclysm that's talking about in Jeremiah fifty fifty one is the first century cataclysm. Yeah. In other words, judgment is coming. It's not like Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah came right away. Um, the land, geographically, everything was destroyed when everything else was destroyed. It wasn't destroyed early. It was destroyed along with everything else, and God is just prophesying it. And, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's that. what I believe, yeah. Yeah, that's what okay, I believe, yeah. Most people, that would never enter their mind. So I'm going to take that, and I'm going to say that I think that's probably what happened with Tyre, too. I'd have to look at those passages. Yeah. Um, those are not well known, the ones you're talking about there. But um, it's a lot more me. But I, yeah, would, I mean, it's, it's, it's prophesying Tyre's ultimate destruction after they would be besieged by yeah. Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, that culmination was in the, you know, the first century cataclysm. And it talks about it being totally inundated and submerged by water. Okay, so what people need to understand is in the first century, the Mediterranean was significantly smaller. Sure, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, we've been told it was way smaller, even though they called it the Great Sea. You can understand why. It, it, just because of its length, you would call it the Great Sea. Yeah. But the coastlines of of Egypt, they're in, inundated by water. Oh, yeah. That, that's that's sure. one of the ways that you can tell that um, a significant amount of this archaeology, it, it has to be fake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, because um, you should be looking under the water. Yeah. It's, and, and, and we've also been told that ancient Greece is entirely under the water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the coastlines, this would include Rome, too, they're radically different. Yeah, the, see, sea, level, the sea levels rose dramatically. Well, you have, um, in devolution, you have an increase of water down through the Aeons. There's more and more water. And, and, yeah. and so go to, what is it, Jer, let's see, Revelation 21. Yeah, Revelation, it says well, the, the seas will be no more. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yep. my explanation for how you can have that large of a populace on the earth without making it bigger. You don't need to have all that water. Just take all the water away. Yeah. And you'll have plenty of room, and I think that that's God's original plan. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, I think, see, the first century cataclysm, you're thinking fire, 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 but the, the, the earth also tilted. Yeah. The foundations of the earth literally shook. I mean, it was literally shaking on its foundations and tilting and uh Everything was moved out of its place. Uh, water was, you know, inundated. I mean, it basically, was, uh, there was a lot of flooding as well, yeah. 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 I, I think Vesuvius blew up, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, me too. There's a great book out there by a lady. She's, uh, well, she's basically a full, most people think she's a full preterist, but she's not because she places the millennium beyond the first century, which preterists... Full preterists never do. But, uh, Are you talking about the uh, which which title of the book is that? I think I know what you're talking about. The AD. I uh, I've got the book, but her name is Lynn. Uh, it can be spelled different ways. Um, you should be able to find the book. You put just Lynn Preterist. I, ha- I have it. I, I just forgot the title. I know. I, um, I've read it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Anyway, they would have been wiped down just by Vesuvius, but um, yeah, just. Anything on the coastline in the Mediterranean is automatically destroyed. And, and yeah. I'm just that's when it happened. So yep. same thing again. So there you go. Yep. <clears throat> it might take a while, you know. Mm-hmm. He's basically pronouncing their doom. Yeah. But um if they don't get their own cataclysm. <laughs> no, 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 I agree. Yeah. Don't, there's cataclysm for Babylon. Um, although, I'd have to run a check on this, but um, people were told that ancient Sumeria was destroyed um, by fire. And, and this, I don't see anything about it in the Bible. Mm-hmm. We're going to check on that. So, I mean, there is an example of a local cataclysm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can believe that kind of thing. Yeah. Sure. Maybe there is something in there. You know, there's a, we're talking about an older Babylon. There's, you know, there's two Babylons, so. Right, right. I don't, I don't think it talks about the destruction of the Babylon. I can't think of anything. So. Anyway, I just want to point that out, so. Mm-hmm. 
That dystopian film you were talking about is called Ghost in the Shell? Yeah. I've never heard of it, so I wrote that down. Yeah, they they just made a remake of it. Uh, huh. I mean, it was it was real, real in your face, blatant. Mm-hmm. Basically, whenever someone would have like a a problem, like a physical problem, they would basically go get it exchanged for you know, they you know they would augment quote unquote augment themselves. Like if they're if they wanted a new eyes, you know, they'd get robot eyes. Or something, you know. Uh-huh. So you know they get more and more connected to the this centralized hive mind machine, you know, brain. Lose more and more of their humanity. You know what I was thinking about when I was laying in bed this morning for the. I don't remember ever thinking about this before, but um, I've talked about the the importance of this of having a fake rapture. And that was a good idea that we came up with. I mentioned that to Chuck. I'd never thought of it before. I think I had to some degree. They actually want to just, you know, devastate people. You know, this is your great hope, your 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 pre-trade rapture, and then you're going to find out that it's it's basically fake. Yeah. Like, uh, how that how is that going to affect you on an emotional level? You put all your hope in that. Well, that's a good theory of yours. You know, that's that's the reason. In other words, there's not going to be anything. There's not going to be even a fake rapture. They're just going to devastate people emotionally and crush them. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the at, at the time when everything is coming down, everything's falling apart. Um, you know, that, that's 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 a good plan. But I was thinking for the first time. I'm not sure if I've thought about this before. That they could actually have. A technological rapture. I mean, I've talked about this before, where they oh take, yeah, take well, definitely. People. They can take people. They abduct you through your wall. I mean, I absolutely believe this. You know, start. Well, they're there. already doing it on a local level every day. Just read David Polite's work. People are getting snatched up all the time in these oh. national parks. Just right, literally right, and they'll be literally with a group of people. The people literally like turn around and then they'll turn back, and the person will be totally gone. No traces of where they went, no footprints, no anything. Yeah, there was a uh, yeah. that had two children, and she just turned around. Uh, maybe yeah. three seconds, and her child was gone. Yep, yep. And that's just the beginning of the story, because it involved a monster that one of the children saw. Yeah, yeah. I think the child, child in the woods, I think, survived, and she told them about this. It, we would think it's a monster. Well, I mean, I think there's all kinds of things that are happening. You know, some of these beasts, you know, that are out there taking people, you know, like Bigfoot or Dogman or, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of, it's it's a multitude of things that are happening. It's not just one thing, you know. Anyway, I don't, I don't really expect this to happen, but, um, I, I, I'm talking about, I mean, they keep pushing this alien stuff, you know, the, the, the ships come down. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's quite a bit of repetition about this, about getting on these ships. It's uh-huh. kind of like a, a, a UFO version of a FEMA camp. You know, get okay. on the ship, we're here to yeah. help you, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Because you've got these new Asian types out there saying, I just was looking at this stuff today. Do not get on the ships. Do not get on the ships. They're going to eat you. Sure, uh, they, yeah. They, they had that way back in this um, remarkable episode on the Twilight Zone. One of the most classic, it actually may be the most classic Twilight Zone episode. Mm-hmm. 
the aliens are benevolent. Mm-hmm. Just making an act and childhoods end, and they're shown to be evil. Yeah. And uh, so they're trying to lure people on the ship, and then they what they do? They eat them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you just kind of go, <laughs> ridiculous, you know. But um, I, mean, I, I I do think they eat people. I think they're cannibals. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're they're yeah. not just vampires. They're also cannibals. In fact, uh, I was just watching um. <laughs> This new video from Katy Perry, you want to check that out? I'm not sure what the name of it is. I'm not, I don't know what's going on there, but there's, I guess you would call it cannibalism. But some people are theorizing that she's addressing uh, Pizzagate. And uh, it's very symbolic. But Katy Perry is, um, she's like the feast that these guys are preparing are these chefs, and they're going to they're going to eat her, and they're actually eating her. They're needing her, her, her flesh, mm-hmm. and her flesh starts to change and stretch like she's uh, made out of dough or something like that. Mm-hmm. You got to check that thing out because that's that's really weird. But anyway, I'm, what I'm thinking of is they just come down here. I mean, expectation is here. Um, they don't have to make it super public. Uh, they make you kind of off to the side and, uh, you know, not in the middle of New York City or anything, but, you know, rural areas. And uh, and they say that, that they take the, the people and um, and they whisk them away. Sure. And then all the Christians will go, that was a lie. That was a deception. And they say, no, this was the rapture. You're deceived. The Christians are wrong. You're interpreting the Bible too literally. This will be my, just a theory. I mean, I take it seriously. I begin to wonder, you know why? Because this would be the easiest way to pull off a fake rapture. Yeah, yeah. Not actually take people up in the sky where people see them or they don't see that. We don't have to see the people because um, you can't prove that, you know, when the people are raptured that everyone's going to see them. It's supposed to be a secret rapture. Right. So because it's secret, that makes it easier for them to pull this off, but they are going to have to have missing people. Yeah. But yeah. look, look what they already did with 9/11. No, I know. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. no, I don't have any. I don't have any problems with the fake rapture at all. I mean, they can totally. They could pull that off however they want. However they wanted to, they could do it without any problems. I think they might fool Chris Candle. Chris Candle will say, "No, no, it's just, it's a hoax. It's a conspiracy theory. There was no fake rapture." I don't think he buy into it. That's what. I don't want to poke fun at him. I just see, I can just see him not believing in it. You know, I'm going, no, no, there really was a fake rapture. Yeah. You know, there's like three different camps. You know, the true believers. You know, they've come to rescue us from Shambhala. You know. <laughs> and then the hopesbusters say, no, no, the event never happened. It was all fake. <clears throat> and then I'm going, you know, it really did happen, but it was a psyop. <laughs> So, I mean, couldn't they work that into this whole good alien versus bad alien thing, too, and, like, have say that the good aliens took raptured people? Yeah. I've thought about that from time to time over the years. I'm not as confident of that uh, scenario as I used to be. It's a little too simplistic. There's a lot of different uh, variations they can on a the theme. 
And, uh, you know, the general principle is a workable idea, but I, I'm not confident that's going to happen that way. But that is a good way to fool the people is to, is to have some kind of battle between the good and evil ones. That way we yeah. know who the good guys are. Oh, they're the good guys. Now, I have to say this is complicated because you've got two different groups of, quote, unquote, aliens coming. You've got the good ones and the bad ones. And I think the, well, they're going to call them the bad ones come first. So this complicates things. Yep, yep. This this is going to um, threaten that little scenario there. Yeah, the good guys come from God, the Micah's five people. Uh And because they can't process them with a secular humanist mind, they're going to say that these are the aliens. Right. And then that would mean that they're good aliens, which are, we don't even know if they're aliens or whatever the heck they are, but whatever they are, they they would have to come later. Yeah, right. That means that you need to rethink that scenario. Um, but you could still have it. You could still have another group of um, of bad aliens. Mm-hmm. And the aliens are, like, fighting up in the sky. And everyone's, like, looking up in the sky with fear. Oh, my God, what's going to happen now? And then mm-hmm. uh, the, quote, unquote, good aliens defeat them. Yeah. And so Oh, that they're good aliens because they're here to help us. They don't even need to be any craft in the sky. They can manufacture the entire battle just yep. with holograms, and the people yep. believe it. Yep. Believe television. Yeah. Yep. If they believe television, they're going to believe any kind of hologram show that they throw out there, because the mind control frequencies are going to—they're going to kick in, and I believe something that other people don't believe. I've never said this before. I've said that the, the minds of mankind have been deactivated, okay? Mm-hmm. But they can control these people from within. They've got technology embedded in them. You sure. want to call tech? They're, they can already control them from inside. Yeah. Is, I'm talking about... I'm going to push that even farther. I believe that everybody has this technology to some degree. Yep. Yep. And so I think the angels just don't allow them to, to you know, to turn it on or do anything with it. But yeah. with most people, if the Illuminati wants to tamper with them, the angels are not going to step on step in and and do anything. And I think one of the evidence for that is um how many people are actually being abducted right now in America. I mean, yeah. it could be as high as over a third. Mm-hmm. This is all being suppressed, and uh, it's all like magic, and it's so far beyond the common mind that you can do it. You can just abduct the people, and they can't even process what's going on. Yep. And just give them a false memory, and they're, they're not, nobody's figuring it out. So they, there's not even a threat. I think this is what they're doing. So if they can pull that off, then they can, pretty much anything goes, you see. So, yep, yep. So yeah, I, I have to think about that now. Um, maybe it will be the flying saucer method. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Otherwise, there's going to be hell to pay in your local churches when they find up. When each person becomes convinced that they're in the tribulation, they're going to abandon that belief, and they're going to have to come up with an explanation for what happened. You know, my pastor was deceived or whatever. <clears throat> and there'll be angry people. Mm-hmm. Because these people 
most of them are not preparing. They're not preparing mentally, emotionally, physically, or let's, let's assume they're prepared spiritually. I'm not going to assume that, but let's assume that they are. Uh, I, I do not believe that they're – these people don't have a clue what's coming. So they're not prepared oh. mentally or intellectually, and I don't believe that they're preparing physically. You see? Yeah. Uh, any kind of um, serious preparation is, is looked as some kind of extremism now. We know that, right? <clears throat> yep. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there, that, that we could actually have the uh, the UFO show up and take people. Mm-hmm. And I say, that was the remnant. Well, they might say, it was the 144,000. They might pull that stunt, by the way. The 144,000 were taken into right. the air. We went to heaven. Now, heaven is much different. See, the Christians have misunderstood the Bible. And uh, heaven is a planet. And it's very yep. technological there. And they're coming now to help us. And, and God is on a throne. But he's not um, like what Christians say. He is in the Bible, but he's what we would call, well, he's like an alien. But yep, yep. He's a good alien. He, he does love you. That kind of, who knows what they're going to roll out now. So. Mm-hmm. All you can do is read between the lines with all the propaganda. See? Yep. And most of what people expect to happen will, will not happen because the, the future is simply too difficult to discern. You can see that God has got it, he's got it on lockdown because you know, through the ages, man has not been able to predict the future unless God enables them, right? But there's always sure. exceptions. There's always exceptions. Yeah. Anyway. You got anything to say, Ross? Nope. This is all uh, pretty new theory to me, but sounds very possible. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think that's not going to happen. I'd kind of like to think that, that nothing will happen. Um, I'd like What I was thinking about was trying to get some revelation on that, because that's something that I thought that we asked about a few years ago and I thought we got something positive, like there was going to be something. I'm just going, what? I, I wouldn't put any credence in it. I don't even remember who got it or anything like that. I could even confuse the answer. So, but I'd like to ask about that again. Mm-hmm. By the way, um, this angel we're talking to, he will say things like, um, I don't know. I don't have that kind of information. And so he first started doing that. Well, first of all, it was like a wake-up call to me that these angels know even less than what I thought. Okay? And also, um, when they lose light, you know, down to the aeons, they do not stay at the same intellectual level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You want to make some corrections there. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. No, they don't. um, and, uh, I think that um, now they, they acquire knowledge through experience and observance, right? Mm-hmm. But I also make allowance that they can lose knowledge and actually forget, but I'm not certain about that. I, I think that that probably be necessary, because how are you going to lose knowledge unless you forget? I think sure. what God does is he just withdraws knowledge from them just like he does with us. Yeah. Yeah. So with them, they're spiraling up and spiraling down at the same time with a categorical type thing. How are you spiraling up and how are you spiraling down? They're obviously knowledge. They 
they gain knowledge through observance, right? Yeah. Because they have long desire to look into these things. Well, obviously, you're going to grow in knowledge just by observance. But um, I, I do think that God is blinding them, which I've never heard anybody say, but I think it pretty much has to be that way. But I'll, I'll try to run a check on that. <clears throat> yeah, it'd be a question, do angels ever forget anything? And by the way, his angel will probably laugh. And then Chuck will go, he just laughed. <laughs> and then he'll answer the question. He laughs. He's, it's just like talking yeah, to a friend. Oh, know? yeah, no, I know, yeah. I don't see he, why they would. He thinks I don't I'm funny, they... by the way. He thinks I'm funny. Uh, and I think he might have said to some of the other angels thinking I'm funny. <laughs> I think they think um, we're all kind of funny, but... I. They've also made it clear that they're kind of disgusted by most of humanity, wouldn't you be? Yeah. yeah. I've talked about this before, how it even smells down here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They make about it. And some angels, it bothers them more than others, just like humans, you know? Uh, like sure. some like a gag reflex, like a human, you know? Yeah. Or if they see blood, they might throw up. Or angels are similar, I mean... Some of them don't have a problem with that. Others, they don't. They don't like it. <clears throat> sure. And they they don't like ugliness either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That persons would never think that. I mean, <clears throat> they vary um quite a bit. You know, we've talked about um the great goddess, but she likes beauty. Yeah. Like ugliness, and so there's one of them right there. So are there any others? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're attracted to intelligent, beautiful humans. They can be attracted to a human because um, they have a beautiful form or because they're intelligent or both. They have to have something. Sure. This is because of all this evolution. The angels now, I mean, they perform their tasks. If they have enough light, God tells them to do something, okay? Mm-hmm. But um, their opinion of, of us, their estimation of us, um, it's dwindling. Kind of like, yeah. you know, you know, whether it was the fairies or the elves or who the heck it was or reptilians, um, some of these beings, whoever they are, they withdrew from us. And yeah. they went underground. And why do they do that? Because we're evolving and we're becoming a threat to them. Because we start abusing these beings. And I said before, that I think that we used to be able to intermingle with him, and then God separated them. I'm not sure exactly when. He might have done it at the fall, but I, I think it was after that. Um, we may have been able to access at least certain people, this other realm just above ours, you know? Mm-hmm. Or they kind of overlapped somehow, or at least they could interact with them. But at some point, that was cut off. You don't. You don't have to have a natural... Or a cutting-off point, it could just happen naturally just through devolution, where it just gradually dwindles away, and less and less people can contact any entities in that realm. Yeah. And then uh, either hardly anybody can or it stops, and then it becomes something that is utterly fantastic, and if you do into that, you're, you know, you've lost the way, or you're into the occult. or it, it, Now right. it's an esoteric subject, and so people frown on it, you know. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Society that emphasized materiality. Anytime you talk about anything subtle, people are skeptical. You know what I'm saying? They've all been programmed. Yeah. It's a programming. Mm -hmm. Christians have the same programming. 
I was just thinking about that yesterday. I was like, speaking to them as a group, and I said, well, you trust in science. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. They do. They don't trust in science, except for these Internet Christians. So, and that's just a lot of propaganda. Well, I brought up on the show that before that I think uh, the Nakash, you know, that serpentine race in Genesis, yeah. I think they were uh, banished underground as as punishment. Well, I, I believe they went underground. Yeah, but I th- I think that it was a it was a punishment on them for the, you know, what the serpent did in the garden. I don't think they retreated naturally. I think they were uh, banished down there. Okay, well, I'm not sure what you think about the serpent is, but I've changed my view on it last year uh, based on Revelation. Well, the serpent, I, guess... I just think the serpent, I just think was a. I, I think the Nakash was just a serpentine humanoid race that God created that was a part of the creatures of the garden. So you don't believe that it was um, the Satan figure? I think that Satan used him as an instrument and spoke through him and basically possessed him like you have in this these ancient Jewish traditions. They say that Samael uh, rode on the back of the serpent and took control of him and talked through him and such. But okay. but yeah, well, I mean I just think he was a he was a creature. Yeah, he wasn't no, he wasn't Satan himself, no. Well guess what? That's my view. And um the only reason yeah. I changed is because Revelation, and uh, I, I always probably just na- I had a natural inclination to not embrace that view because um, at least a variation of that view, <coughs> excuse me, is what most Christians believe without any critical thinking whatsoever that Satan was came through the serpent. Yeah, yeah. And when you get, become an internet Christian, you move away from those kind of theories. You get off into something complex. So let's take an example. Like in the book of Revelation, it talks about the um, the synagogue of Satan, right? Mm-hmm. And the internet Christians on YouTube, they will develop all these complex theories about the uh, the synagogue of Satan. A lot of them are kind of race, racist spin, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These are all based on assumptions. Um, I used to uh, play around with the with this kind of stuff for years. And this is just my opinion. It's not based on revelation. I eventually concluded that the synagogue of Satan was just apostate, what we call apostate church. You know what I mean? Sure. And that's, yeah. You got the remnant, you got the remnant, and, and they've got names for the remnant that have to do with, like, for instance, the Israel of God. Galatians 6.16, they're called the Israel of God. Yeah. Okay. And, um, you, you could have you could have like overlap with that though, because obviously you could have some you could have some of that racial stuff as as a part yeah. of that. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, so basically, yeah. I'm just saying that you got the remnant, which is the Israel of God, and then you've got uh, the reprobate uh, yeah community, uh, Judaic yeah. community, and they are the synagogue of Satan. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Oh, but it's got to be more sensational than that. That's not good enough, you know. But that's, see, so sometimes you go back to a more simple interpretation. And that's um, an example where I just went by the Revelation. And that's why, see, you kind of, if you Revelation, you kind of have to go with it. Unless it appears to contradict Scripture and you can't resolve it. I'm going to go with Revelation. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to check on it later because otherwise, 
how are you going to know what to believe and what you don't believe if you don't believe almost all of it? Because you have to have a reason to reject. So I typically just go along with it. So I change my opinion. So yeah, I agree with you. And he actually said something about this that they are these are these beings that God created, and they were. You want to call them beasts of the field? I don't like that translation. Yeah, but he, yeah, yep, yep. What? Stop and think about it. It actually says it right in the text that he was more. What's the word than the other beasts of the field? He was more um, cunning, intelligent. Cunning. They have different words. Yep. Did it just say that he was a beast of the field? Yeah. Yep. Well, the Satan is not a beast of the field. I'm sorry. You know. No, he's a heavenly being. So there's no yeah. There's no way you can reconcile those two as identical. There's no way. Michael Heiser's interpretation, which all these people rally around. Wouldn't that go right down in flames right there? Yeah. Well, we're not proving anything here, but I mean, you know. <clears throat> no, I know. Yeah, I'm familiar with his view. Yeah, but yeah, it does. So. Yeah, yeah that's what I believe. Though. Yeah, I believe he's. I believe that Satan was in heaven. He's a heavenly being. Yeah, he was working through. I mean, you. I don't even know if that Nakash was like you could. Maybe it was his lower self. I, I'm not even sure about that. I just think he. I mean, I, he should have been. That's the theory. That, that's the theory that I used. I held to before that. I think. Yeah, I think I held to that theory. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, that I, still could be. That still could be true. But I mean, it was just. It was still an earthly uh, creature that he was. You know, that a heavenly being was working through. You know, I, I, they weren't. So I think his lower form is always a human. A king. Yeah, I would. I would tend to agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. His first, I think. The, yeah. His first lower self was Cain. You got a heavenly yeah. man, um, and then you have an earthly image of that heavenly man. It's what we call, you know, earthly man. Sure. Yeah. Not, not a beast of the field. So. Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, that was uh, something worth pointing out there. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that uh, basically his race, the Nakash race, it was like a corporate punishment on them. You know, when God said, uh-huh. you know, you're gonna you're gonna eat of the dust." of the ground, you're going to be brought lower than all the creatures. I think he basically banished him underground. Yeah. Punishment. Yep. Uh, the evidence of this, that there's a race, um, there's a really yeah. interesting in Isaiah 24. Um, I think it talks about a flying serpent, but it talks about the root of the serpent, like a bloodline. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I think, you know, that they can reproduce because they're, Beasts of the field, you know, they're this earthly creature. They can actually procreate, and they're. I think they're working with the Illuminati. That's why you often see, you know, these reptilians accompanying, uh, like, human, you know, like they're working together. <laughs> so, yeah. Also, uh, a good passage is like, is, like, in Genesis 9, where the Christians just gloss over that. The internet Christians will go, we're all over this, but that doesn't mean oh, they interpret it properly. Where he's talking about, about some kind of a of, that's morally culpable. Yeah, yeah. If they have murdered a human. Right, right. Now, I used to believe that this was a serpent race, and I finally woke up one day and I go, it, it, just, it doesn't tell us what these beasts are. It's more broad could, than that, yeah. Surmise that they could be included among them because um, yeah. I believe are. See, I believe that these serpents are intelligent enough. They're not like a normal, if you want to call them an animal. They're not like a normal animal. They are. 
the rational beings and they're responsible for their actions. And if they All murder right. a man, at least in the um, in that era, <clears throat> see things could deteriorate so much that I don't think God holds us accountable for things that He used to uh, hold us accountable before, because oh, sure. we become yeah. so ignorant we don't even know what to do anymore. Yeah. See, right. God showed up with a messianic figure and laid the law down. What happens mm-hmm. to your responsibility? It's off the charts. All of a sudden, you got this high responsibility now. Well, yeah. that's a way to illustrate that we have a lower responsibility. When you have new, fresh revelation, you, you've got to respond to that. Yeah. And the nation of Judah did not, and God destroyed them. They failed the test. The remnant passed, and they moved on, and everybody else was destroyed. <clears throat> yep. And I absolutely believe the same thing is going to happen. And I, got, I believe that God's going to destroy these people with technology. That's actually embedded in their bodies right now. It, God's going to allow them to flip that switch. And um, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. The judgment is going to be focused on America. Not this won't happen. Actually, the, the infrastructure of America will largely be intact, but the people will be destroyed. And it may actually happen with a neutron weapon. Sure. Yeah, I, mean, I, I I've seen the whole you know Georgia Guidestones where they, you know the number that they throw out there, and people are like, oh, that's so many, so many people, but people are assuming that there's as many people as they tell us there are on the earth. Like I absolutely do not believe that there's seven billion people on the earth. I believe there's less than a billion total. Less than a billion. <clears throat> yeah. Total. Yeah, because I I've, I've kind of done my own calculations, and they say that uh. Half the world's population is in, I think, China and India's cities together. Yeah, I've talked about that kind of thing before. I I, I thought it was around three billion, but um... and then uh, and and if if you if you add up all those supposed numbers, and they probably over overinflate there, you know, in terms of how many people are in these cities, it only huh. comes it only comes out to like five hundred million. So where where are all these other people at? I mean, they're they're not outside of cities. They're, no one's living on farms anymore. No one's outside of cities, okay? Yeah, I'm aware there's, of that, yeah. Yeah, there's no way there's this many people then. There's no way. It's so that. It's because people need to become aware that um, that the countryside is being thinned out. People can't afford to yeah. live there anymore. No, they're facing the farm out totally. There's no... There's no <laughs> you, you, you're never going to convince me that there's this many people living outside of cities. It's, it's impossible. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I think there's less than a billion total. Maybe a billion total, maybe, but I don't think it's definitely not anything drastically more than that. Uh, you'll notice in the past that God has never reformed humanity. When uh-huh. they get rid of God, he just destroys them. Yeah. He's never reformed humanity. Mm-hmm. But now, these people need to be reformed or they will destroy the earth. Can you see it? It's just a matter of time. Yeah, sure. They rape, pillage the earth. And they're and they're so ignorant they don't even know what they're doing. They're kind of like a doctor. Uh, yeah, they're like brute beasts. On the wall all day long, he's harming people, but he thinks he's doing wonderful things. He's being praised. Yep. See the disconnect. Same thing here. Yep. Yep. 
they don't even know what they're doing. They're, they're so lacking in knowledge, they can't even judge their own actions. So that's yeah. pretty pathetic. When you do evil, and you can't even uh, identify it? Oh, man. That's what we got today, by the way. <clears throat> oh, yeah. No, I know. Yep. Hey, uh, sorry to interrupt. My phone is almost dead, so I'm going to have to go, Chris. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'll probably shut this down here. Okay. I'm gonna have to get going here too. Right. You must have Sundays off, huh? Yeah, I got weekends off. I, I, I was gonna ask new, if you Saturday. I, I figured you worked Saturday. No, I got weekends okay. off. My new job's great, man. It's like the best job I've ever had so far. <laughs> and, uh, I, I just said that because I don't think you ever do podcasts on Saturday night, so I thought maybe you had to work. No, we have before. Okay. We have before. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, I just, uh, all I have is just a 40 hour work week, you know, Monday through Friday, and I can just listen to podcasts all day, and <laughs> it's great. Uh-huh. Well, I think I'm going to go, uh, See if I can uh, access the pilot episode of uh, 4400. So okay, you should uh, come back on and uh, we should talk about it. I might talk about that on the show. That'd be a good one to talk about. Okay. Yeah. I can't. Right, well, so I have to look at an overview. Somebody hopefully is picking up on that stuff because I've not heard anybody reveal what he said. I didn't know all that stuff was in there. Yeah, no, that cool. was that was surprising. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't all know right. if you'll find all of those details in the first episode only, Dave. Yeah. So uh, expected to. Um, there should be a few of them in there though, because they want to attract you. But uh, they usually just string that stuff out there so slowly. I yeah. There's time yeah. to watch all this stuff. Oh no. Oh yeah. 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 Okay, I'm gonna check out. All right, Chris. <laughs> okay. Thanks for calling in. Yeah. Appreciate it. See you Bye. later, Dave. Bye. Yeah. All right, Ross, you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. We'll, we'll shut it down then. Thanks for uh, coming on. Yeah. Thank you, man. Yep. I'll talk to you later. All right, bud. Bye-bye. Right, Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.